Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is feeling somewhat conflicted. Having fluffed their lines against Leicester and Arsenal in must-win matches, Chelsea conspired to do so yet again against Villa in the last Premier League match of the season. We simply had to win. After all, you couldn't rely on Leicester and Liverpool screwing up. Could you? The match ended up as a parody of many we've seen this season. Chelsea playing well, creating many chances, but seemingly doing everything in their power to miss them. We all knew what happens next. Former Blue, Traore shanked one in. Mendy worryingly going off injured in the process. A moment of Jorginho stupidity to give away a penalty. And Chelsea a 2-0 down. Game over considering our inability to find the back of the net. And so it proved. Even Ben Chilwell's goal late in the game didn't find the back of the net. Uh, being Chelsea, we got away with it, as Spurs conspired to beat Leicester 4-2 with a Gareth Bale brace. The upshot being we end up qualifying for the Champions League in fourth, having secured one more point than last season. The joy of finishing in the top four, more than slightly tempered by having to rely on rivals to bail us out however having witnessed games like this far too frequently recently it underlines how important it is for Tuchel to mold the side into one that can compete more effectively next season a decent midfielder and a goal scoring striker has to be first on the shopping list Chelsea fancast number 824 bailed out there could be no other title this week, and uh, as ever, a warm and cuddly welcome to Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, dude, sweet. Thanks very much. How oh, nice. Yes, I, I, I like that. Bit of a cuddle. Lovely. Mm. Thank you. Thought you might like that. On the show. Thank you. Yeah, I do. Thank you very much. Always like a bit of a cuddle. Yeah. Haven't had, haven't had many cuddles over the last year, let me tell you. Oh. Um, would you like me to introduce the, uh, the guest, Chidge? I would lovely to. Well, um, uh, Always lovely to have him on the show. Um, uh, he eats an enormous amount of fish. He has a huge brain. Um, he is the memory man himself, Mr. Mark Meehan. Thank you, JK. Good evening, good people of Mixler, and congratulations to anyone that won the Mixler sweepstake this evening at what time the show would kick off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we had, we had a full start. We had a full start, didn't we? So there could be a, a steward's inquiry at the betting company. What do you reckon? Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. When did we officially start then? Well, before any of them said, so we still win. Good. Great. Okay. We can rig it. That's the beautiful thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is the beautiful thing. I know. We can cheat like we ever would. So, apart from the delightful Mr. Mark Meehan, the brainiac, as you so rightly said, who else have we got, JK? Well, we have another delightful uh, 
pundit tonight, um, always, uh, always with a, a, an incisive comment after you and I have dithered and, uh, and failed to come up with the exact thing we wanted to say. He is in like an incisive surgeon to tell us the truth in these situations. He is, of course, football.london's Sam Incasol. Very nice of you, JK. Thanks very much, guys, having me on. As always, always a pleasure. Yeah. I, I'm really I'm lovely to see you, Sam. Always, always lovely to see you. Lovely to see you, of course, as well, Mark. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry if I looked a bit pensive during that. I was, I was pondering it, thinking that the way that this show's now turning into like, like some kind of COD 1970s BBC quiz show, isn't it? Like, call my bluff. No, you no, know. it's what's my line. What's my line? Exactly. I know. Exactly. Ask them what they what they do for a living. Which I know. Again, what you do for a living. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, think we, I think we need our break, J.K. Over the summer more than anything. <laughs> we need to have a long lie down and <laughs> and have some psychiatric help. I think. But there you go. Uh, anyway, um, always great to see all of this lot. Of course. Um, and what have we got on the show tonight? Well, uh, we look at Chelsea's inability to put their chances away. It's like deja vu, isn't it? Every bloody week. Anyway, we're going to look at it again. Uh, the curse of the former player, Mendy's injury, Jorginho's... I got right, Chidge, which what? I got right. What? I got it right. Which... I prophesied on Friday. I said he'd score. Who? Triori. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Jorginho's contribution and Jack Grealish being a wanker. Not controversial at all, that one. Uh, now, in part two, we swallow the bitter pill of Spurs bailing us out and we look at the reasons for Chelsea stuttering over the finish line and also look at what needs to be addressed. Uh, and finally, we've got some really, really good emails to read out. And just on a point of order on that, if you do not send me an email, if you want your email read out, if you haven't sent it by kind of late Sunday afternoon, it's not going to be read out because if you send them on a Monday... It's too late. Uh, so apologies to Philip, the lovely Philip Kenley, and Isaac, I think. But you missed the cut. If I can squeeze them in next week, I, I'll try. All right? Uh, now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is, of course, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And uh, loads of people in there, as there always are. The uh, the merry band of pranksters, which is the Monday Night Mixler Club. Uh, and look, bloody hell, there are loads of them too. All the usual usual faces that we know and love. Super Dan, Wazo, Joyo, Monyaki's in the house. Great to see you, mate. Chev, uh, Chelsea Grave Society, the wonderful Chelsea Grave Society. If you don't know about them, go and check them out on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Electric Blue, Albert the Second, Chris Wright, Righteous, Blue Galacticus, loads of people. Some new Matthew the American. Some all the good people, the lovely Chev, of course, who's in my Discord group too. Anyway, uh, you know what to do. Join up and uh, and see us on a Monday. You can listen to it live and make lots of little posts in the chat room. It's great fun. Other than that, just uh, you know, it's at Chelsea Fancast for everything else on social media. So hopefully we'll hear from you there as well. Now after this little weenie break, uh, we will be talking about the Chelsea Villa match. <laughs> So, J.K., 
I mean, I have to say, I, I was, I, I, I'm, I'm really beginning to get very tired of watching football on TV. I really hate it, and this was no exception. It's just so frustrating. But uh, what are your, what are your thoughts, old Bean? One of the things that really annoys me is, is how the, um, the director lingers on players when the game is still carrying on, which I don't, I don't get. I mean, as a producer yourself, Chidge. Uh, looking at what the choices directors make so that say uh, Grealish who has seen, seemed to be his favorite of the whole uh, the whole afternoon um, uh, would be fouled and uh, or foul mostly foul and fall over holding a portion of his face regardless of where he'd been hit um, and uh, when he stood up we'd have a lingering shot the free kick meanwhile has been taken and the ball's up the other end it's but it didn't seem to matter. You just go, you're going, hang on, can we watch the game, please? Don't have to see this lingering shot of non-injured person cheating. What are we watching that for? Disgraceful, it's, JK. Follow the action. Every time, every time, absolutely. Um, it was um, uh, it was, it was, was absolutely frustrating, wasn't it? And I had a huge knot in my stomach when um, Leicester got the second penalty because I thought, oh, God, they will, will Vardy get a hat-trick of penalties? Um, uh, but... Uh, we really we played really well for about forty minutes until the the sucker punch of the goal, which I, I, you know we'll get onto this later, was a, a, an error of massive proportions, and as was not scoring error of massive proportions, as you say, Jid, we've seen it all before, and we knew exactly what would happen with Grealish, who is, um, I, I mean, just manages to con the referee, and I'll get onto this later, but. The, the referee is that, is that the section called Grealish as a wanker? I hope so. Yeah, that's what I was going to get onto it. I thought I might add <laughs> I'm on. I'm saving Atwell that to the end of this. At, end of this part. I was going right? yeah, to get onto Atwell as a wanker. Oh, associated yeah, that'll, with okay. Well. Co-conspirator. Yeah, if, I like that. Okay, if we could, if we could do the double with that. Okay. Um, but I will also get onto the fact that I thought that was possibly one. Uh, you know, I've been a critic of Werner. I thought that was the worst performance from him. For the whole season he was absolutely hopeless to a degree that is you just look at him and think are, are we actually going to tolerate this how is this ever going to work if he makes vague progress and then it's just absolutely incompetent you know he gave the goal away standing on the edge of the penalty area but and trail just walked, wanders past him and he's looking at him and sort of doesn't even, even when he makes his run, he still just looks at him. You just go, how completely unaware are you of what is going on? How unaware are you being offside all the time? How unaware are you of where players are? So you hit the ball 15 yards in front of them for a pass. What is going on in your head? But anyway, apart from that. Um, apart from that, he was brilliant. Apart from that, he was <laughs> Fucking great, um, and uh, but no, but we were we were so good, weren't we? We were we were really really good, other than not putting the ball in the net. But once again, the stats are there. Nobody can score, you know. And there was me talking about how Mount's got to put the ball away on the on the preview show, and that miss was embarrassing. I, I you just go, what are they practicing? I don't get it. You know, and then and then Jorginho, Jorginho, who you know we've been giving redemption to, performs like an absolute git again. It was West Bromwich all Gareth, over again. A Gareth, J.K. A Gareth. Oh, yeah, indeed, indeed. So you know, I was sympathetic, and actually, I'd actually given up. I thought, oh, I think I'll go out. I can't believe this. This is so dreadful. 
when they kept, when they scored. And then when he chopped him for the penalty, for fuck's sake, I just thought. And then luckily, you know, they got to two two, and I thought oh, with Spurs, and I thought I thought we might be left off the hook. And when when they scored the third, obviously I thought, well, thank goodness for that. That's that we're, we're you know my knot in my stomach has gone. But oh dearie, dearie me, we're going to have a big debate about what are they going to do next season. Because in the end, he's only nine points better oh, than Frank. I know. J- JK, for the sake of your blood pressure and your... Uh, and, and your, I've had to relive it, Chid. Yeah, Before and your sanity, relive. mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to butt in. All right? I'd like you to, I, I'll go and turn but my But I have to say, you, you've already cheered me up immensely, actually. I, I really enjoy your rants. Um, the thing is, um, <laughs> I've, I've headed the first section, can't score in a brothel, because I think, I, I mean... I mean, I said on I said on our WhatsApp group. I think it was Marco the other week said that half of Chelsea's attack could fall on a barrel of tits and come up sucking their thumbs. I mean, I, I said that to my wife actually after the game, and she absolutely wet herself laughing. I think she got it immediately. But there we go, um, Mark. I'm going to go to you first because uh, uh, I know you want to say something. But uh, you 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 go ahead, and then I'll come in and. Come in no, with my I, point. I was feeling for JK. I was going to say, if you tolerate this, then your children would be next. <laughs> <laughs> <That's very true. laughs> but yeah, I, I think he was a bit harsh there on Werner. Really? Again... Do, you think? Do you think he was no, a bit no, harsh? No, 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 hear me out. No, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Oh. No, hear me out. No, come on. You know, yeah. he, he had an off day. Yeah, I don't blame him for the goal because yeah, we've talked about it on here before. You know, the system we play, is it zonal marking? Is it man-to-man marking? And I think sometimes we do a bit of both. We do so normal. So I never thought that he, his man yesterday. And again, you know, it isn't just Werner. There was other players off form, sort of like missing chance yesterday. And we gave the example of Mason Mount. You know, I've said this on here before, you know, and we've said it as well. You know, first season in the Premier League, you know, uh, he, he's played behind closed doors. And I, I think I was spoilt over the last week. And that's why yesterday was frustrating. I've done three live games of football in a week. And there is something just about being back watching football and having gone to the game last week against Leicester, I thought Werner responded superbly to the crowd. So, yeah, he's a type of person that probably is absolutely hacked off playing in front of empty stadiums and it's reflected in his confidence. So being the eternal optimist, you know, and I've said it on the show before, I think if we buy the right striker to pair up with Werner next season, I think he will be a success. Do you know what? Go on. If we're here this time next year, I think we'll be sort of like... You know, eulogising about what a successful season well, Timo Werner has. But I would say, you know, the one stat I saw yesterday, and I don't know if anyone knows if it's definitely true or not, apparently he's had 14 goals yeah. disallowed this season. That's yeah. phenomenal, man. Well, how many of those has he been offside for? Well, that was my point. I don't know how many he's been offside for. But I think the other stat I saw, I think, as well as him having that many goals, I think, disallowed, is he'd been offside 45 times this year. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I said on the WhatsApp group. I said on I said on the what the WhatsApp group. He makes Mitchy Batchu I look like he has positional sense, and I mean that's that's an appalling slur. But my my final thing is the one thing. Obviously, it was awful watching it yesterday. You know, watching it on TV is just as you say not the same. But I thought one thing. JK absolutely, I actually killed myself laughing yesterday. When he described Werner as an overcooked custard sauce. An overcooked what? He, he described him as an overcooked custard sauce. <laughs> I, I, I was almost tempted to sort of leave it a week. And then, uh, obviously, if Werner scores the winning goal in Portugal on Saturday night, you know, to he actually go well. back, he which he well. may well do, he knowing Werner. Well. Yeah, he he'll, win, well. he'll win the Champions League for us. So here, here, here now. 
I'm thinking, what is the name of those Portuguese custard tarts that they sell? I can't, I can't remember their name. Yeah. Nata or something like that? Yeah. That's your mission to find out for next My week. My mission to find out Saturday is when Werner scores a winning goal, yeah. I'll get a box of those delivered to JK as a form of celebration. Thank and you can, very much. Yeah. They, oh, can they be gluten-free, Mark? I'll make sure they're gluten-free. I think there's a shop in Hammersmith that actually sells them now in the tube station. I'm sure they do. I I think they're actually called humble custard tarts, mate. (laughs) That's what he'll be eating. Uh, Anyway, uh, we we need to talk to Sam. uh, Otherwise, we'd be very rudely ignoring him, and that would be very unconscionable on us. I mean, all this talk of Werner, Sam, I I get what they mean. Um, But none of them them really could pass muster. I'll tell you who really annoyed me utterly, and and I don't know whether this is because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the delightful Mr. Stick in in our Discord group is 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 uh, very close to being a Pulisic fanboy, and it clearly grinds my gears. And I I kind of do wonder if maybe that this is the reason for my opprobrium. But he couldn't beat an egg yesterday. I mean, you know, every time he tried to take on a man, they tackled him, which meant he lost possession, which set up a counter attack. He kept on yeah. giving the ball away. I don't know yeah. what's wrong with him, but he was awful yesterday. So he missed, he missed that goal. Missed that yeah. goal. Front, I mean, to to be fair, he did also set up the assist for Chilwell. I can't be blind to that, but I thought he had one of the worst games I've seen for us. It's really odd that a lot of these players just suddenly lose the plot. I can't understand it. It's strange, isn't it? They can't really find any consistency. I suppose it is in um, in their in their play this season. I agree that Pulisic was not very good yesterday. Apart from yeah, his uh, his assist, but he had a really tough time. Um, Timo Werner just looked just cut a frustrated figure. He was quite isolated a fair bit as well in in, in his defence. And uh, I think it's well known that I am a bit of a Timo Werner fan on this uh, on on this fan cast. So um, I agree. I, I agree with Mark that I think that he still she shouldn't be he shouldn't give up on on Timo Werner just yet. And he'll probably turn around and score the winner on Saturday. And then well, then we'll see what the response is after that. But. Um, yeah, but goal scoring, taking chances, I and mean, when even when Mason Mount's fluffing his lines from relatively simple chances for him, um, then it was never going to be Chelsea's day. Um, but well, they got they they got over the line by the skin of their teeth. But this summer certainly has to be addressed in that forward line. I mean, the the thing is, you know, you're right, Sam. But the thing is, if if this happened like once every kind of fifteen games, that would be fine. It's happening every game. And I mean, Havertz, you know, shooting one over the bar from a yard out. Mount couldn't hit a cow's arse with the banjo at the moment either. I mean, it's just maddening. I mean, you know, we battered them, I think, first half. I mean, the, yeah. the, 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 full, the, full, the full-time stats, uh, 23 goal attempts, seven shots on goal, 11 shots off goal, nine, uh, sorry, five block shots. I mean, we battered them. Uh, but when you read this... This stat here. Chelsea are the first side since Everton in 1910-11 uh, to finish in the top four in the English top flight despite having no player reach double figures in the league that season. You just think it's bon- it's bonkers, mate. It's, 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 it's what I would call systemic. Yeah, um, it's been a real issue since Tuchel came in. Um, I'm not... It's, you can't, it's difficult. It's difficult to put your finger on it because he's tried so many different things, like we're playing Kai Havertz as a force nine, that hasn't worked. He's tried playing Timo Werner as a second striker, it, it kind of worked one week and then it hasn't worked the next. Um, Olivier Giroud's not has been out of favour, so is Tammy Abraham as well. You would have thought maybe Abraham might have been given more of a chance, especially with the lack of goals that has been scored from elsewhere this season. And Jorginho being the top Premier League uh, goal scorer for the club at seven, and all of them penalties, uh, I think sums up where the real issues are. And as I say. Summer's going to be important to try and find that that goal scorer, but 
where are they outside of uh, outside of a, a certain Harry Kane? Well, um, where are they? It's not easy, is it, Mark? You got your got your hand up, mate. What do you want? No, it was just like yesterday. It was almost like a summary of our whole season in yeah, ninety minutes. Definitely. Yeah. How, how many times this season? And you know, point Jacob made up. We had a good first forty minutes. Yeah, and then after it just went tits up. Yeah. How many times this season have we had a poor first half and a good second half? We haven't consistently done what I'd probably call a 90-minute game management where from kickoff to the final whistle, we've managed the game through the whole process. Maybe with a possible exception, you know, Man City away when we won. You know, we haven't managed the game throughout for 90 minutes. We, we have good periods in almost every game, but we don't have a completely good game for 90 minutes. I think we did it Real Madrid, Mark. I think yeah, the Real, yeah, sorry, yeah, Real Madrid, Madrid game, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Madrid, yeah. The Madrid game, definitely, yeah. yeah. And again, on the Madrid game, talking about Pulisic, he was magnificent in, magnificent. in the Madrid game. Yeah. And he hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't matched that. He certainly didn't match it yesterday in many games this season. He, he sadly has not had a good season. Mm. Um, listen, I'm going to move it on. I mean, Sam alluded to it a minute ago, JK, but... Um, I mean, I'm going to invoke. I'm going to invoke the time-old traditional Chelsea fan cars cliche that there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who can see that in a team that cannot score flaming goals from anywhere, what you need is a striker, right? And uh, he clearly, I mean, you know, Giroud made the bench, but I mean, surely, surely to God. Tammy Abraham could not do any worse than the lemons that we've got playing up front at the moment. And I mean, here's the thing. Why, why the blind spot? What is going on, JK? Does he, does he not feel that it, um, uh, it ruins the plan that he's got um, for the way that they move the ball out of defence? If, if it ain't working, mate, change the plan. No, I agree completely. I agree. And also, it seemed to me that the plan has evolved slightly into almost, you could say, a, a, a Frankian plan, which is get the ball out to the wing and boot it into the centre. And uh, if your centre forward, who is Werner, has a free header and only manages to glance it across the goal when he had the first chance, um, you know where you are. But um, uh, I think he feels he has to change the way they play too much to play Giroud and Abraham. And um, I'm, I'm to do in do him credit and justice, uh, they do play the ball very well out of defence. I think that, unfortunately, um, Kovacic at the moment is still too rusty, so does do that business. If he always seems to lose the ball in a really vulnerable position, at least once a match, Kovacic, even when he's fit and doing well. Um, uh, but uh, his work rate is excellent. And I just think it's unfortunate that his injury has clearly affected him in some way, that he's just been a little bit slapdash. His concentration isn't there. But um, he may not start um, at the weekend. He may be a sub if Kante plays, which, of course, we hope. And I think he'll pair Kante and Jorginho um, because that is what he thinks works in that situation, in the pattern for the team. And this is why I think... Abraham and Giroud don't make it because he he has a, a view, a vision of the ball being um, moved by the uh, uh, the two wing backs, um, and and somehow 
played into the middle rather than I, I'm, I have to say this is where I don't get it because if the ball is played and in, into the middle and you have a tall striker there surely they'll put the ball in the net more than um, the midfielder who wanders in or even Pulisic who can't do it at the moment uh, and Werner who can't do it at the moment and Havertz though Havertz missed an open goal actually played a lot better than he did previously. I think he, he has excellent movement, JK. He did. He did. Well, that's this, this is, you may have hit, hit the nail on the head. This may be what, what um, the manager is after. He likes the excellent movement and he doesn't feel he gets the excellent movement from either Abraham. <laughs> well, Giroud can't move. So that, so that kind of counts him out immediately, doesn't indeed, it? Indeed. <laughs> well, that's that's the point, though. If he wants somebody who can do all these things, who is more of a player, rather than just a, a kind of person who puts ball in net, well, then he's always going to play Havertz. He's always going to try and do that. And yet, it may be that, that exactly what you want is person who puts ball in net, and that's all they do. And it, therefore, he should have given Abraham a go. But perhaps... He's burnt his bridges with him. Perhaps it. Perhaps he's decided that's not the way I want to play. And perhaps next year, whoever he gets will be the type of player who puts the ball in the net, but still is a good, you know, is a great, great mover. Yeah. It may be that. Well, we shall see. Uh, Sam, um, given what we've just said, um, given our predicament up front, and I mean, this is the, the point I was making a minute ago, you know, it happens match after match, you, you know, we we should have been battering these teams, not not you know failing to score, going a goal down, and then then not winning. It's just ridiculous because we were we're so much better than so many of these teams. Given that, do you think this is like the first uh, or, or or not picking Tammy is is a serious error on Tuchel's part? Um, I certainly don't think he could have done any worse than the, the, the than who's played. Uh, I think he's certainly been worthy of given more of a chance. Um, if, even if it is to, just for Abraham to, to prove himself to Tuchel, just say, no, look, I can actually do this. You, you, you've, you've read me wrong. That you, I shouldn't have been frozen out of the team. Um, the Giroud did have a little bit of a spurt, didn't he? he had a, of a couple of starts when he scored in the Champions League. Um, it was against Atletico, wasn't it, in the Champions League? And he started a couple of Premier League games as well um, and, and performed well. But all of a sudden, he got cast aside. Um, so I think Tuchel has been trying to, he's been trying pretty much everything to get Timo Werner in the goals. Uh, it hasn't quite worked out, obviously. But um, I, I, all I said, as I said earlier on, I think they certainly do need to dip into the market this summer. But who's available? I mean, you look maybe say Harry Kane, but you didn't. There's of I don't know. Danny Ings even perhaps from Southampton. I'm not sure how well that would go down um, in terms of a potential transfer. Wood, but Wood from, um, uh, Wood from from Burnley. Yeah, you like him, don't you? I like. Him. I, like I, I think he's a very good player, Chris Wood. Actually, he's really excellent. Yeah, he's from New Zealand too, so he could always play rugby if it gets shit. You know, anyway, that was a bad joke, wasn't it? Uh, I'll, I'll quickly move on uh, and uh, and talk to get get Mark to rescue me as he as he does so many times. I mean, what do you, I mean? You know, what do you think? Blind spot, mistake? What's going on? Uh, well, I'd, I'd say I wouldn't say it's like a blind spot because you know, yeah, we don't know as we all say we're not in the training ground. I think what I'd say is like, you know, he has tried every single system going while he's been here in such a short period of time, and let's put it bluntly, the system has failed. You know, so, you know, if all, all if all else fails, like, you know, try something different, you know, so it ain't going to happen now. You know, it isn't, you know, there's only one game left in the season. So he's not going to change the system for the Champions League final. No, it's but, only a friendly mark, doesn't matter. That, exactly. You know, this, this false nine nonsense, like there was one part yesterday we were WhatsApping and, you know, I thought our formation at one time yesterday was 2-3-5 <laughs> and 2-4-4. Four, four. We had every fucker up front and we still couldn't score. 
you know, and you know, the, the only player that probably ha had a go like in recent times has been Tammy Abraham. And again, I have no idea what's happened. Uh, Is it a Tamori type situation? We we may never know until a few years time and Tam, Tammy writes his you know autobiography, shall we say? But I think what's what's crystal clear is that the false nine system isn't working and isn't working sufficiently. And even if we did, and I don't disagree, I think Danny Ings is good. I think Wood of Burnley is good. You know, with our track record, yeah, if he sticks to the same system, who's to say if we brought either of those two, even brought in Lewandowski, you know, that the system Tuchel is currently playing that, you know, doesn't tend to favour sort of like big up top strikers will necessarily work. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they have to go all out and buy a striker that can as near as damn it guarantee them 20 goals and that they are around it's just whether they you can you can get them to leave their club and if you can you know if you really want to dip your hand in your pocket to that extent um jk you you mentioned it on friday of course um about uh uh triore and there's that great song that liverpool uh uh because there's been quite a lot of triores don't blame it on the sunshine don't blame it on the can't remember the lyrics now, but moonlight, moonlight, moonlight yeah. Uh, blame it on Traore. Good times, yeah. Good times, Traore. Sunshine, yeah. Moonlight, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. We yeah, knew yeah. he was going to score, didn't we? We just yeah, knew it. Unbelievable. Should have had a, had a tenner on him. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, he, sh he did, he did shank it, mate. I mean, he it was, was a lucky. Shot completely yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah, but you know, that's all you need, isn't it? The one goal, and then it's shithousery comes in, and then Jorginho. Nobody picked up his run though for that corner, which was disappointing. Well, the point is that Werner just stood there on the edge of the penalty. Yeah, yeah. Werner looked left, and then looked bemused as he passed him. And did he move a single inch, Werner? No. Carried <laughs> on looking at him. I didn't realise you were talking about that one. I, I didn't. I didn't see that it was Werner that didn't follow him. I didn't, I didn't think it was Werner's man. Yeah. No. no? Well, well. No. It, I think it was Werner's he must have been man. somebody's man. Yeah. Werner, Werner still gave the impression of a statue. It was like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you see, basically, they did it all wrong. What they wanted was priority to be standing in the penalty area, looking at, uh, yeah, at, yes, at Timo yeah. Werner going, I'm your man. <laughs> <laughs> and then Matoy's, it would have been fine. <laughs> Matoy scuffed it as well. If he'd hit it clean, it would have gone over the bar. I know, it was ridiculous. And, uh, I mean, obviously, Mark, poor old Mendy took a bit of a whack, which actually... At the time, I was I was more concerned about, which doesn't say a lot for my confidence with Kepa, who, to be fair to him, did nothing wrong all second half. But it was really quite was worrying seeing him go off, wasn't it, Mark? It, it was, and I'm not sure what Kepa's done to his hair. But again, yeah, I think Mendy... He's looking like Christopher uh, uh, Chrissy off The Sopranos, mate. He's modelling himself on that. <laughs> you, can, you can see Kepa hanging out at Satrielli's every kind of Saturday morning when he's not playing. Um, I think Mendy will play in the final. Um, and I, I think, like, ex-players, you know, how many times down the years, and I've got no axe to grant Traore, he only had a brief career at Chelsea, how many ex-players down the years have scored against oh, Chelsea? You can put, well, we should have put you money on, on it. You, you predicted on it. You yeah. predicted it on Friday. You, you could put money on it. It goes back years. Like, you know, you know Barry Bridges, Alan Hudson, you know, ex-players, ex Clive Walker for Sunderland, you know, Tommy Langley. Yeah. You know, Every time. QPR. Yeah, even Pat Nevin, bless him, has come back and scored against us. Yeah, yeah I spoke to Pat yeah. today. Tell you more about that later. Um, oh, I'm, do I'm doing the thing tomorrow night. He's got a Zoom thing about his book. Yeah, you know, similar to the thing he did with the trust. You know, so Who's, oh, what's, that, what's that for? Uh, obviously, he launched a book at the weekend. He, he's doing a, um, an Eventbrite thing. When, when he sort of um, 
advertised the book. Uh, so I, I sort of booked up very quickly. So it's an hour Zoom meeting with Pat tomorrow night mm. where he, uh, he's talking about the book. Well, um, I can I can uh, upstage that totally because I did an hour and 50 minute interview with him about the book today. And you'll be proud of me, Mark. Out of an hour and 50 minutes, I'd say about 20 minutes of it were talking about Chelsea and football. <laughs> Were you talking about music? Yeah, we talked about all sorts. Of... Pat and I could sat could have sat there for five hours talking nonsense. It was brilliant. Has he changed the albums on his wall though? No, they were the same. They, I did tell him oh, that. I said, "Oh, they're, they're the same. They're the same." He said, "I've been really busy. Leave me alone." <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, folks, I did a, an interview with the great Pat Nevin today, which will be coming out as a podcast tomorrow. Uh, it's a real cracker. Uh, if if you if you're interested in Pat Nevin the man and also the book then it's for you. If, you. if you're expecting me to do a blow-blow-blow account of his Chelsea career, then it's not for you. Um, but there will be a competition to win a copy of his book as well, so it's well worth uh, hearing. Um, Sam, um, I'm trying to, trying to, you know, I've been trying to, like, laugh a lot and calm down enough so that by the time I get to talking about Jorginho, I won't be, I won't be full of uh, vitriol. Um, as it happens, you know, I am not as... Uh, down or anti Jorginho as certain people on this podcast who have known to have called him Gareth on occasion. Um, however, I've always said that he is bizarre because he it was a classic uh, Jorginho Premier League performance in a sense, whereas he cannot cope with the Premier League. If they get if he gets targeted, he gets pressured, he loses the ball, his passing goes to shit, and he does stupid things. Whereas in Europe, I think he's a very good player. I think the tempo in European football suits him down to the ground. Uh, in which case, Sam, I will drive him back to Italy if he really wants me to. Um, yeah, I think you can certainly see when Kante isn't alongside him uh, that he suffers as well. Um, then again, who wouldn't when you've got a player of such quality in, in Kante alongside you? If you don't have him there, you probably will look won't, won't maybe look as good as you might have done. Um, he, as Mark said earlier, that 90 minutes pretty much sums up Chelsea season. I think Jorginho is a player that also sums up Chelsea season. It's been good in in patches but has also been a bit rocky, a bit turbulent and uh, not quite at the races. Um, I still, I think he's a definite starter for me um, in the Champions League final, even though he's coming up obviously against another Premier League side. But he played very well um, up, at, up at the Etihad in that, in that, in that win earlier this season as well. So, it will, uh, I, and hopefully Kante will be alongside him. So I think he just offers him maybe that little bit of protection and that little bit of a safety net that he can be more expansive and play on the half turn and be a bit more expressive with his passing rather than thinking I've just got a sit in, in, in at the moment and try and dig deep and try and, dig, and, and almost dictate and play from a bit more of a deeper role than, than, than he might like. So yeah, I think Kante's influence on, on him and well, and on Chelsea in general is just, it's just so big. It's uh, yeah, a good that, point, that, Sam. You know, we 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 do tend to to forget this, but we 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 didn't have Kante playing yesterday. He is our best player. He is our one world class player. Any team would 100%. suffer. Any team would suffer without him. And the fact that we battered Villa for forty minutes of that game, and probably large parts of the second, if the truth would be told, although I do think we kind of lost the plot a bit. But I mean, you know, you take Kante out of any side and they'll struggle. So, you know, maybe we need to be a little bit more broad minded on that. Or I do. I'm not not accusing you of not being, but certainly me. I think we've done rather well when he was injured before, actually. Well, that's true. And we beat uh, beat City without Mount playing, didn't we? Yeah. So, you know, football is a very weird game. I think we can safely say that. Um, 
Just a just a, a quick follow up, Sam. Do you, do you think do you think Jorginho will stay or will he go in the summer? No, I think he'll stay. I can't see him go. I, I can't see him going unless 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 Mauricio Sarri turns up somewhere and and and, and makes a makes a decent offer um, to Chelsea for him, then they might consider it. But I I expect him to be to be a Chelsea player next season. So I think he's because I think he's quite a, he's he's a thinking footballer, isn't he? And I think that's what Tuchel likes. Yeah. yeah. So you don't think? I mean, the other way of asking that was, do you think he should stay or do you think he should go? Um, no, I think I, I, I think he's, he's still got a lot to offer for Chelsea. Um, he, he certainly needs to find some consistency. But then again, I think don't they all? Quite, quite a lot of players in that squad need to do that next season. So I don't think it's fair to to single him out um, for any shortcomings for the team um, in, in in the last few months. Um, well, not in the last few months, but across the season. But I think because I think he has for the majority played all right for Tuchel. It's just when he's had a bad game. Well, it's really shown up. He's like he's like the little girl with a with a curl on her forehead. When he's when he's good, he's very very good. But when he's bad, he's horrid. Um, now I tell you, somebody else who's horrid, J.K. <laughs> Are we going to be talking about Grealish? Buddy? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Off you go. You've you've uh, you've called in your notes a wanker. Yeah, well, he is, mate. Totally. Niggly fouls all game, but no yellow. What I didn't understand was. He, he he flattened Mount, didn't he, first of all? And the referee just gave him a, a stern talking to. Flattened Jorginho in the first minute. Oh, sorry, it was Jorginho. It was Jorginho, yeah. Then he flattened Jorginho again yeah. in the corner off the ball, which nobody noticed. The uh, There was no... It, it was so far off the ball that and VAR weren't even involved, which didn't make any sense because it was still on the telly. We still saw it. Um, and nothing was said. And then the third... Um, indiscretion, as you could put it. Um, he was once again given a wigging by the referee, and yet, of course, the very first um, foul that one of one of who was it? We were, were our first yellow was um, was sort of a very similar kind of challenge, and yet we got a yellow immediately. Yeah. And he he has a he's almost like a he has a kind of bizarre um, relationship with the refs. I've noticed this before. They seem to have in depth conversations where there's almost quite a lot of flirtation. They're probably trying to understand what you're saying, mate. Is that what it is? I'm just I'm constantly bemused by how he gets away with it. He didn't do any of his his leaning and falling over, which is something else he does. But um, I mean, let's face it, he is a very skillful player and he puts people in marvelously. And yet there is this this little imp, this demon about him that niggles, kicks, fouls, and he gets away with it somehow. And uh um you just keep not that the referee's complicit, but he just somehow they don't seem to they whether he's, he's subtle in his fouling. I, I just don't understand he's, yeah. whether it's body checks. He even did that one in the second half where he he ran into was it um, who did he run at the back to Silver ran into him and then fell over and then claimed a foul and the and the referee actually didn't give it that time. But the referee then had another chat to him with a bit of giggling going on between the two of them. And you thought. What the fuck is this? What kind of relationship has he got with with the ref that they're having a giggle now because he's just knocked into him? What's this? So I, I I wonder whether he has mastered the art of somehow um I, I just soft soaping the ref in some way verbally so that they don't then very don't feel keen on seeing him as a as a hard man or a niggly man. They go, come on, you know, come on. What's his first name? Um, Gray? No, Lish? No, I don't. I can't remember. Um, you know, well, we come, no, come on, don't, don't do that. All right, ref, I'll, I'll make an effort not to. I'm so sorry. I do apologize. Yeah, your hair looks nice. Oh, thanks very much. 
you know, you wonder whether that is the relationship they've got. You know, I, I just despair. I just don't get it. I don't understand. How did he get away with not being booked yesterday? Well, I mean, the thing that, as you know, I mean, this is what I tell you why, actually, that, you know, this season, if there's if there's one thing that's been good about this season, I mean, obviously Chelsea have, you know, been, you know, it's been great fun seeing them get into various finals and things. But, you know, let's be honest, none of us have been able to go for most of the season. It's absolutely awful. But the one shining beacon is that something that would never happen on a match day, actually, which is our, which is our WhatsApp group, Mark, isn't it? And uh, I, I thought our conversations about Grealish were hilarious. And I think I made the point, didn't I? Because, I mean, you know, I used to play football when I was a kid. I mean, admittedly, I was rubbish. But I do remember that every, every team had a Grealish in it. He was usually the best player. And he had the face that you just that you just wanted to punch. And, I mean, the best way to deal with people like that, in my experience playing for Ropley Tigers under-16s, was to two-foot them in minute one, you know, because that would be the way to deal with it. But um, he's such an irritant. He's a bloody good player, to be fair to him, Mark, but he's a real irritant, isn't he? He is a bloody good player. And, again, I, I probably played against the likes of Jack Grealish in the Hendon, yep. Hendon Sunday League <laughs> Division 4 a few times. None of them wore a hairband, I hasten to add. But there were, there were a few pretty boys. This this is the eighties, after all. So I was going to say, mate, the seventies. You'd have been you'd have yeah. been excommunicated. <laughs> yeah, definitely the eighties with sort of like highlighted hair and stuff like that and earrings. But yeah, he he is a tremendous player. He got away with murder yesterday. When I scribbled notes down, you know, I agree. I counted three really bad challenges in our players in the first half. Nine fouls he committed overall, not once booked. And the thing about Aspilicueta, I really felt sorry for him at the end. Yeah. You know, because if you're going to get sent off... You should have smacked hard... him harder, made it he worse. He should have smacked him. <laughs> you took the words right. <laughs> yeah, he hardly touched him. And that's the thing about... The annoying thing about Jack Grealish, he is a tremendous footballer. And again, if he was playing in blue and some of, some of the, the shithouse he would do, we'd probably applaud him for doing it. But that dying swan act he did, when, to be, fun, to, to be fair, Asper, he hardly touched him. And he made such a meal of it. Yeah, and that basically got Dave sent off. He's probably thinking, do you know what? I should have really smacked him or kicked him up the arse proper. Because that was pathetic, really. So, I, and again, you know, Tuchel's yeah, press conference afterwards, yeah, he was basically saying that Grealish got away with murder without physically naming him. Yeah, yeah and he was right. I mean, hey, Sam, yeah. yeah, I mean, Sam, uh, I think we've kind of given the two sides of the coin on, on Grealish. But I don't think there was a lot of... Uh, question really about Aspie getting sent off for that was there I mean you can't do that in the game even if it was soft you know I mean I've hit JK harder than that and you know and I didn't get sent off but you can't do it can you Sorry, I, I need to put that in context. In the in the good old days when we used to actually sit around a table, I had been known to thump JK when he was going because because nobody could see it; they're only listening to it. But if he was going on, I would punch him. <laughs> Do you not remember that? Uh, very well. Very exactly. Well. Sam's looking at going. <laughs> oh my god. It up. I'm storing it up for when we next sit next. Yeah, to you love board. me, really. Anyway, <laughs> Sam, sorry, sorry. I, 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 I don't want to be on the end of one of those stumps if we ever go out for a beer. It, or was, it was no harder than it was no harder than Aspie's smacking uh, Grealish. That was my point, really. But yeah, yeah can't no, get away you, you, no, you can say as soon as you raise your hand, you're in trouble. Um, and I'm quite actually surprised he didn't go even go go harder at him, considering that what his, his reaction to Daniel Amati in the uh, FA Cup final when he spotted him. Um, sorry, in the in the Premier League game after he spotted him on the. 
uh, on the bench at uh, Stamford Bridge when it all went as a brouhaha on the touchline. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was no, no, no excuses for Aspilicueta. Um, and well, uh, it, um, even if he does appeal, I suspect it won't it won't go through, and he'll miss the first three games of next season as well, which is a uh, which is a bit of a blow to uh, to Tuchel and to the to the team for the start of the twenty twenty one twenty two. Well, that's an interesting point, and here's a quick follow up, uh, Sam. Yes, I would say you're absolutely right, considering that. Uh, I think that Aspie's played either the third or fourth most minutes under Tuchel, uh, or, or for Chelsea this season. Actually, I think the figures are. Um, but I wonder, I want whether the future of Aspie, given given Reese James's elevation this season, I, I wonder how many years he's got left, Sam. Uh, I think as a right-sided centre half, I think there's still plenty of of miles in the tank left for for, for Aspilicueta. Um, I'm not entirely convinced about the whole Reese James as a right-sided centre half, which we've seen in uh, the last what three games. I think uh, is much better down as a wing back because Chelsea misses width and his delivery from there. So I think Aspilicueta still got still got still still got some miles in in, in, in his legs. I know Mark wants to come in, so no, I'll, he, I'll, he, I'll, he, I'll, I'll, I'll let him well, jump. Before in. before Mark does, he's he's just made the spe- the Spanish squad, which is the first time he in has. a long time, isn't it? 20, 2018, I think, was his last call yeah. up. Um, he's actually not played that often for Spain. No, I think I he's maybe tw- twenty six or twenty seven appearances. I think it might be maybe maybe pushing right. thirty. I'm not sure, but is a very uh, that Spain squad's got no Real Madrid players in it, which I think yeah. is a, is a, a surprise to everyone. But fair play to him, and it also goes to show how well he has played since Tuchel came in and uh, Tuchel trusts him implicitly as well. So that's why I think he might still have a few more, uh, yeah. a few more games left in him. So we can't write him off too. And there more, more um, Spanish players in the Brighton squad than there are in the Madrid. Really. Yeah. Robert, Robert Sanchez, the goalkeeper got in, um, into, into, into the, into the Spanish it, squad. It, it may be that they've long because Luis Enrique's the ex Barcelona player, we should note has longed off all of the Real, Real Madrid players, but there you go. Now, Mark, you had your hand up as Sam correctly said, and then, then I ignored. So off you go. No, don't, don't worry. I, I was going to agree 100% with Sam about Reese James. Although I, I saw the logic of doing it in the home game to cover Vardy, yeah, he needs to go back, right wing back for the final at the weekend. You know, mm. I think we, you know, we, we do miss his mobility down the right-hand side of his cross as well. But the other thing I want to say about Reese James, for that brief part of the second half, it, when I counted at least three different formations in the final half hour, when we went 3-1-2-4, and he was the one, you know, I thought he had a really sort of 10-minute purple patch there. So, again, I know he played there for Wigan last season. So I was going to sort of throw a question out, what people's thoughts are, of Rhys James, you know, play, playing in sort of like midfield, sort of like next season. Well, he did all right, is he my, did all right. my view I, on I, that. I thought he did really well. Yeah, yeah, I know it was a short short period in the game. But he has done, you know, tactically, when Tuchel has brought subs on a number of times this season where he's moved him into midfield. And he looks comfortable there. Yeah. And he's played he there before. Com- yeah, he got player of the year Wigan playing yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, that whole thing about Kante, you know, Kante, you know, protects Jorginho, but he is injury prone, which we have seen. But thinking longer term, you know, could that be a future role for Reese James long term? No, maybe. I mean, there's, you know, you need to also bung in. I would love us to buy Declan Rice. I really would because I think he's a super player. But I mean, Ampadu, you know, I know he's had a horrible season for Sheffield United, but... Uh, he, Everyone's had a horrible season. Well, indeed, you know, yeah, but I, yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't yeah. think we should write him off too soon because I think he's a good player and he's got a lot of he's got balls. That kid, J.K. I fear that Tuchel may write him off. Why? He's never seen him play. 
No, well, there is that. I know, but what's going to happen given all these players are going to come back in the summer? He's got to make a very quick yeah. decision. Well, that's what he gets paid for, JK. I agree. Be, I agree. You know, would be... Ampadu's season was so awful. I know. But he played, did he not play in the defence most of the time for Sheffield United? Yeah, he played, he played, he played, most, he played mostly a centre half yeah, um, exactly. for, for, for Sheffield United. I don't think he's a centre half myself, and I never have. Right, uh, we're going to go for a break in a minute. But before we do, guess what? We've got plugs to get through. More plugs than Rhinus this show. Anyway, uh, CFC UK, uh, now, as you know, well, you, there's a reason why you can't get it on match days other than the fact that we're not there, but. There aren't any more match days, but I do believe, and Mark can confirm this, because, of course, he writes for the fanzine too. There's there's going to be one more, isn't there, Mark? I don't think there is now. Is that race run, or is is DJ going to do a Champions League winning special afterwards? Uh, I thought they were done for the season. Well, I I thought we were doing one, but anyway, the jury seems to be out on that. Um, Nevertheless, if you want to get a whole run at it for next season, all you need to do is email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk Get yourself on the subscription list and uh, and then you will get a copy every month it comes out. And I think that will cost you £2, including first-class postal delivery. Get on it. It is the best fanzine. And there you have it. Now, right, we will be back uh, in a minute. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about Chelsea's last uh, match of the season against Villa. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I, of course, am Stamford Chidge, and uh, I have with me, as ever, Mr Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show. I have Mr Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. And uh, saving the best till... No, I can't say that with these two here. They'd never forgive me. And we've also got the esteemed guest, and who has become a great friend of the show this year, together with his uh, stable mate, I should call it. Not that, not that your horse is, obviously, but stable mate Adam Newsom. We have the lovely Sam Incasol from Football.London. Evening, everyone. As a, thanks very much, as always, Chish, for having me on. It's, uh, it's much appreciated. Well, I'm delighted. Always lovely to see you, Sam. Um, we've also got you, I believe, if you're still able to uh, make it. Are you going to be around on Friday evening? We'll, we'll, we'll see. I've had, my flights and my hotel are booked. Um, we're just waiting on the uh, the accreditation to, to be approved. Uh, UEFA are taking their sweet time with it. Um, but hopefully, fingers crossed, I've got, I'm having my PCR test tomorrow down in King's Cross. Um, so hopefully um, I'll be fit to fly and then uh, be, and jet out to Portugal on uh, hopefully on Thursday. So you won't be here on Friday then. So you're... I can yeah I, I won't be in the country on Friday, but if I can still log on, if I have still got time, then um, then I'll certainly jump on. Okay. Well, I mean, I I'll, 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 I'll certainly try to. I'll, don't worry. I'll give you plenty of notice. Yeah, yeah. Because I I'll have because I mean it's it's suddenly I mean the reason I'm talking about this now is because it suddenly dawned on me when I looked at the schedule. Oh, hang on, Dan Dan Silver's down to go. To be with us at Ferry, he's he's going there. I know that for a fact. Sam, oh, I know Sam. Sam's hoping to be out there. Oh shit! <laughs> so I might have to have. A, we'll have to have a conference on the WhatsApp group. J.K. I'm you, on there. I'm going as well, but I'm going on Saturday morning. You're going on Saturday morning. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna um, record lots of bits for us, aren't you? Oh, While absolutely. you're there, yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be yeah. great. Bit of audio for us. Yeah. Yes. 
That'd be great. And you'll be back in time for the show on Tuesday. Uh, coming back um, immediately after the game. Right, you're going in and out on the day, yeah? yeah. So there you go. So I might, uh, I, I will, we'll discuss it on the WhatsApp group and we'll, we'll figure out the schedule for Friday. We could always have, I, I mean, Adam's supposed to be with us on Tuesday, I think, to do the the pre the, the review of, of of the whole thing. But uh, if 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 you can't make it, Sam, we'll get him in instead, and then we'll have to think of somebody else to be, you know, whoever's lu- unlucky enough. I mean, I, I think Martin's going from the fan cast. Dan's going. Alex, Alex is going. Alex, yeah. Marco. Marco's going, isn't he? I don't know if Marco's going. I've not heard from Marco. But, Chidge, I'm around Friday if you need something to come off the subs bench. Yeah. Well, it'd be lovely, lovely to have you, yeah. Mark, if you want yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, happy, happy, happy to. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we'll talk about it. And that's, I love this. Yeah. Only, only on the Chelsea fan, because in the middle of a show, can we suddenly have a conference about what's going on on the next show? I guess the listeners must love us. Anyway, I think we should move on, but I, we will discuss it in the WhatsApp group. Right. Okay, so um, by the time uh, you know the match finished, we kind of knew that we were going to lose, and it didn't matter per se because Spurs unbelievably had beaten uh, had beaten uh, Leicester four two. And there's a couple of great quotes here to get us into all of this. Um, one by uh, the the wonderful Liam Toomey, who, funnily enough, was with us uh, on Friday night last week. And the other from our old mate, Neil Barnett. Uh, Liam said, Chelsea's league campaign, hugely disappointing in the context of last summer's spending. One more point and one fewer win than 2019-20. With 11, exclamation mark, fewer goals scored and no one reaching double figures. Tuchel has salvaged things very well overall, but the attack is a mess. I love Liam. He doesn't hold back. And then Spy said... Terrible Chelsea performance, but critical achievement. Failure to qualify for the Champions League would have been the third time in six years. As it is, qualified third consecutive year with, in reality, three years of Europa League performances. Thanks, Spurs. You kept us in it. Spy. And I mean, both of those statements, although slightly different, I think are are, are pretty true. But the first one, I'm going to ask of Mark, actually, first. Um... The mixed emotions of Spurs bailing us out. I mean, did you feel dirty at all, hoping that they were going to win? I did. We shouldn't have needed Spurs. Yeah, we should not have needed Spurs yesterday. Yeah, we should have had this done and dusted sort of weeks ago. Uh, I, I thought it was quite funny on sort of Twitter yesterday, and people having sort of meltdowns that sort of like Spurs to bail this out. It's like you know, whatever way we do, I, I thought it was quite funny. You know, I, you know, there were Chelsea fans pissed off. I think Tottenham fans would be more pissed off. Oh, but, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. They, they, them beating Leicester has got us into the Champions League. They must be sick of us. Sick of us. We've not, we stopped them getting into the Champions League and they helped us get into the Champions League. I think the interesting thing about yesterday um, was Gareth Bale. Um, part of the reason why we have struggled is our inability to score goals. And I'm not advocating we do this because he'd rather be on the golf course. But Bale has got 10 goals in that short period of time he's been at Tottenham. Yeah, he would have been our leading scorer if he'd come to Chelsea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> true enough, true enough. Yeah. And I think the other thing about yesterday, sort of like that, I was flicking between the two as, as in between, you know, who said men can't multitask? In between watching the game, WhatsApping, twit- t- t- tweeting. So I flicked over to catch the end of the Tottenham game, and obviously Harry Kane's handball assist, I think, was the third goal for Tottenham. And you see this meltdown afterwards from Leicester fans. Harry Kane, it was handballed. It should have been disallowed. He thought, you weren't bloody saying that a week ago, you know, when your man handled it before Tillman's goal. Mm, it's very it interesting. Comes around, goes around. It, it, it does indeed, Mark. I mean, I, I think I think that there's, there's another way of looking at this, perhaps, JK, that we, we, we perhaps have lost sight of, is that 
Um, you know, maybe it's a question of Leicester doing us a favour, not Spurs. Maybe Leicester's capitulation against Spurs is what you truly mean, helped us out. It was all down to us losing the cup final. Well, I think I think I think actually them winning the cup final is done for them, as it often does yeah. with shall we say small clubs who don't expect to win a trophy. Yeah, it, it, they yeah. might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but cat like, but uh, at the same time, quite uh, true. I've seen it all before, haven't we? I mean, it's, it's yeah. we've seen it. You yeah. know, I mean, here's the thing, J.K. I mean, you know. There's nothing we could do about it. I'm really glad that that it's happened that way because we it was as 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 uh, Spy says, hugely important for us to be in the Champions League. I mean, I know we often go on and on and on about it's always about winning trophies. That's what we remember, bloody bloody blow, and all of that is true. But the reality is, whether I like it, you like it, or whoever likes it or not, it's imperative for this club to be in the Champions League because by doing that, we earn a lot more money and we can attract better players. And my God, if nothing else has been proved this season, we still need to buy a few better players. I think it was absolutely essential for Tuchel. Yeah, totally. I mean, for his for his attempt at, at making the the team into world beaters, into being totally elite, which may still be the case if they win the final on on Saturday. But let's be frank: how many of us think that's going to happen um, on the on the current form? So uh, Chid does because Chid, uh, mind you, this is good, Chid, because you've been very good <laughs> at your your uh, your saying how crap we're going to be. You, you know, you got you got the Arsenal game right. You know, you remember. So perhaps, perhaps, uh, perhaps I still predicted we were going to win, though. I, d- I never predict us to lose. You know that. I just can't bring myself to. That's why I'm yeah, shit at Premier League predictions. Yeah, but you were a bit, you were a bit down on the team. You thought, oh no, we might just throw it all away. We might throw everything away. I'm a, I'm a great believer in uh, in uh, um, oh god, I'm having a brain fart. Coincidence and all of that. You know, I, I'm I'm a great believer that you know Arsenal have been so shit. And we needed to win so bad that it was just typical. A bit like Traore scoring against us, you know. The the improbability factor of these. It's a bit like the Hitch, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the imp- improbability drive. I'm a great <laughs> believer in that. So I shall bring a towel to every podcast from now on. Anyway, we digress. But getting, getting back, no, it's completely essential for, uh, for Tuchel because he has, uh, you know, I think he's a fabulous manager. And I just think that they've... they've um, uh, he's changed the defence absolutely brilliantly. The, the, the dilemma he's got, as he keeps talking about, as he did from the very beginning, is the lack of precision up front. And I am absolutely sure he will make that work. Mm. But it would have, it, he needs to make it work on the biggest stage. And the biggest stage is the uh, the uh, the Champions League. And getting into and the I final this year and then not being in it next year would have been disastrous, wouldn't it? Oh, been absolutely. For him as well as anything else. Yeah, yeah. But also for the impetus for any momentum as a manager as well. No, no. But it means also that the, he can go to the board and say, I, "I want these players," and they're not going to go, "Yeah, but you're only in the Europa League." Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it's been um, it, it's it, it, historically for the for the future of his his tenure as a manager, it was absolutely um, the the best possible thing that could have happened. It yeah. would have been a disaster if it hadn't happened. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with all of that, uh, Sam. I mean. It's a very it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because you know another way of looking at it is 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 is, is you can't take one game in isolation. You take all thirty eight games. The table doesn't lie. Uh, however, it happened at the end of the season. We we're one point better off than Leicester. We're fourth. We should be, and that's where we that's where we deserve to be. 
I think it's the bare minimum, isn't it, as well for for, for Chelsea when when Tuchel took the job. I'm I suspect what that's what what he was told was look, just get us into the top four, and I imagine anything else would have been a bonus. But it was just J.K. absolutely hit the nail on the head there in that in terms of how Tuchel will want to mould this squad this summer. Um, and how he sees it going forward. Remember, remember he's only on an 18-month contract, so he's still only got, what, 13 months of it to run. Um, it, how he wants to... And it, not, not that he's auditioning for the job, per se, in, in the future, but we know Chelsea can be ruthless when it comes to their managers. And uh, he, he still... Might, he might not necessarily feel like it, but he still does have a, just have a bit to prove um, in, his first, in his first spell in the Premier League, especially with a full transfer window now behind him. Um, sorry, but it will be behind him when uh, when next season starts. So, yeah, so JK spot on there that he absolutely had to get in that top four um, just to get yeah, go to go to Marina Granovsky and Petr Cech up there and say these are the players that I think are going to take us to that next level where it might not be so nervy next season in terms of in terms of qualifying for for the competition which a club as Chelsea stature and Chelsea size has to be in every year. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, right. they're none of his players. None of none of the team he inherited. Exactly, exactly. He he inherited the squad from Lampard, which is why I I'll be very surprised if we see five at the back or well, three at the back. However you want to look, I'll be very surprised if we see that next season. Well, but, um, because he's worked he's worked with what he was given almost. Okay, well before before we get to that, because I do want to talk about that, but um, you know, one thing that is a it's 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 really interesting actually because you, you you thus far you've all been really measured about it which is really good to hear actually because I I do think we do need to be I mean you know and I think that that whole point that I was making Mark is you can't look at the Villa game in isolation you need to look at the whole season and we kind of deserve to be where we are at the end of it and 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 the, the other context is what the boys are saying really which is Tuchel's only been there for five months it's not his squad actually when you look at the whole the big picture what he's done is 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 absolutely astonishing frankly. Um, but that all said, Mark, and given that we've got a Champions League final next Saturday, I mean, you know, we've we've lost three out of the last four must-win games, and I would include the Arsenal game in that. And it's really been interesting, actually, to see a lot of Twitter, a lot of people saying, hmm, uh, maybe it wasn't Frank after all, uh, maybe it's the players. And this, this whole kind of mentality issue has, has reared its head again. Do you think there's something in that? Because I have to be honest, I am worried by the fact that they've basically lost three out of the last four must-win games. Uh, no, I, th- I think there's a mentality thing. I don't, I don't think it's a leg, legs gone or like a head's gone. You know, I do think there's a mentality. There is a danger at times that yeah, we might be turning into Arsenal. Um, you know, and that's, I know, God forbid, that, that'll get you going. You know, we, we have a soft underbelly and, you know, and it, is, it is frustrating. You, know, you look at the overall th- season and we are being very measured this evening. The table doesn't lie. We are fourth because you know, we deserve to be fourth. But you know, Liam made a really valid point as well. Actually, we're only one point better off than last season when we also sort of qualified for the Champions League. We spent 200 million in, in, in the meantime. So we should on paper, which the players that have come in have a much stronger squad physically and mentally. But many players just haven't haven't done it this season. And, and more recently, they've not done it in the last sort of three out of the last four games. Part of my school of thought was, you know, is it psychologically one eye on the final? You know, I, I don't want to get injured. I don't want to miss out on the final. So instead of being at 100%, some people might be, might be operating at 90%. Mm, it may be. I mean, I, I mean, look, you know, with my with my psychotherapist hat on, mm. uh, I would say, I, I think you may have made a, a good point. I don't think any of them consciously would would have thought or said that. But you can't predict what's going to happen unconsciously. And you know, if I'm a week away from the biggest match in my life, then you know, you may you may not quite go into that tackle as hard as you mm. normally yeah. would. 
You know, yeah. it kind of makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And again, to be fair, Jorginho, he won't get into any tackle, so he'll be fine. He'll play. <laughs> That's very unfair, but probably true. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to write a piece. Actually, I might as well tell Sam because he's here. I don't know. He's, I'll be mindful. I might have to write it before bloody Thursday, but uh, which might be hard. But sorry, mate. I've thrown a complete spanner in the works, haven't I? Sorry. Yeah, how dare you go to the Champions League final? I've got bloody articles to send you, goddammit. Uh, it. it was nice to see the Mason Mount one uh, do pretty well. I was quite pleased about that. But I've, I've got one coming up this week which might might just feature Jorginho. Uh, and it might just have a small comparison to Mikel, 2012. There you go. Little, little, little taster for you. Um, Sam um, and, and JK and all of you, really, what I want to what I want to address now is exactly that. What what needs addressing? Sam was alluding to it a minute ago. Um, I think in, in summary, you could quite happily say we need a bloody good uh, brute of a midfielder, a, a, as in Declan Rice and um, and also a, a 20 goal a season striker. Uh, that's that's really what we need most. But is that really the case, Sam? I mean, you know, are there other holes that, that, that Tuchel needs to plug? And also, what about... I mean, I get the feeling he's played this 3-4-3 or 3-4-2-1 because he's trying to find a system that suits the players that he's got right now. And I don't really have much of an inkling of what he might play next season because I didn't spend last year watching PSG, amazingly enough. But I have a suspicion you might have an inkling. He kind of played more of a. a, a, a he usually played a four at the back um, with, with with PSG, um, and then a, a holding midfielder, which was um, would have been Idrissa Gay, I think that they got from uh, in from Everton, um, and then well, and then above and then in front of them it was kind of anyone's guess when you've got Neymar and Mbappe, Di Maria, Edison um, Cavani was there as well. I mean, they kind of all just kind of played where they liked, so there wasn't really much structure going on there. Um, I think, yeah, I. I'm a huge Declan Rice fan. Um, most people who know me know that um, from my time covering West Ham and watching very closely. And he's just a fantastic player. He really is. He's 22 years old. Sky's the limit for him. He's first name on the team sheet for England, I think, this summer as well. So he'd be a great signing, but he won't come cheap, um, especially with, uh, with West Ham getting into the Europa League. Um, and then, yeah, striker. We all know that we've gone over that many times. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not really sure if there are any other places that uh, Tuchel needs to strengthen because I think Antonio Rudiger's had a real resurgence at centre half. I'm not sure if there's a need for him, uh, sorry, a need for Tuchel to, to dip into that market. There's a lot depends on what they do with Fikayo Tomori as well. Then you've got Mark Gurhi, who's also been playing really well online with Swansea in the Champions in the Championship fi- uh, playoff final uh, this weekend as well. Um, yeah, so and, and Tomori's been putting up great, putting up. Um, Going great guns, sorry, in uh, in Italy with uh, with AC Milan. So I'm not entirely sure if a new centre back is a massive priority because I think there's enough talent there already that Tuchel can use. So um, maybe an, an, a, a backup left back, perhaps. It depends on what Tuchel wants to do with Emerson and Marcos Alonso. Benchier uh, will probably need some more stern competition, I think, uh, at left back. But apart from that, I don't think Chelsea need to go out and make four or five signings this summer. I think two or three should really get them to get the job done. Mm. It's an interesting point, actually, and you and I and I will bring both you, Mark, and, and J.K. In, in in a sec. But it's a, it's a good point because, of course, what we don't know is who's going to go out. And knowing the Chelsea board, they do like to try and you know get rid of a few people to fund a few of the the transfers they're going to do. And I mean, I, I jotted down a list that pretty much comports with yours, although they're arguable as they always are. You know, I I think Kepper. Uh, unless they can't sell him or they want to keep him or, or he doesn't want to go. Aspie is a question mark, although I think he'll stay. Zuma would probably want to stay, but they might use him as a make-weight. 
Um, I think Alonso and Emerson are definitely on their own, uh, on their way out. I think that's that's pretty common knowledge. Uh, and Jorginho, again, you know, as we were saying earlier, you you could you could make a case of him staying, but I mean, if Sarri gets a, a a good job in Italy, then you could see him going. So it's a bit it's a bit interesting. And I also agree with you. I think I'd love to see Gay back. I think Tomore sadly may may go to AC Milan. He looks quite happy there. I'd like to see Gallagher come back in. I'd like to see Gilmore get more games. And uh, and and I and I, I, I well, I'm not prepared to write Ampadu off yet. But uh, that's enough of me waffling on. Um, Mark, you you uh, what 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 say you on all of this? Uh, I think Sam's absolutely right. I I don't think we need to tinker too much. Um, I think two to three players will be sufficient. I agree a hundred percent. What I've seen of Declan Rice. Every time I see him, I just thought, yeah, he, he would be perfect for Chelsea. But he will be even more expensive now than when Lampard was here. Because as Sam said, they qualified for the Champions League. Definitely need a striker. Um, and I think if the board have got plans to sort of get rid of a few players, so if we get three or four out, I assume three or four will come in. But the, the other thing we do need to address is the 33 players we've got out on loan. You know, we have got so many players out on loan. So we either move as many of those on just to bring revenue in, uh, but actually just looking through a list, and I haven't even covered half of them, actually looking at most of them, I actually don't think harshly many, if any of them, have got a long-term future at Chelsea Football Club, especially, as you say, we've got the likes of Gahey, Gallagher, Ampadu coming back. You know, we've got other decent talent in the academy. Um, so there is, there is a need to probably sort of like really clear out a lot of this squad who've been on third, fourth, fifth loan spell, you know, I was actually gobsmacked to see Lewis Baker is actually still a Chelsea player. You know, I've lost count of that poor sod, how many clubs he's been out on loan to. You know, Victor Moses obviously has gone, but Rahman, Zappacosta, Bakioko, Barkley, Loftus-Cheek, Izzy Brown, Batshuayi, Kennedy, Van Ginkle, and wherever Danny Drinkwater is. There's a hell of a lot of yeah. players who I don't think have got a long-term future at Chelsea Football Club. So I think we have to move them on and, and bring them in perhaps subsidise two marquee signings, you know, which would be Declan Rice and if we can get a top-level striker who is going to get the goals. Because I think that's all we need. I think we just need a 20-goal striker. If you look at where we finished fourth, with Jorginho being our top scorer with seven goals. All penalties. Know, and all bloody penalties. You know, that's embarrassing. Like, was it Ian Hutchinson in 74-5? Was the lowest level, you know, yeah. back, back to there. Um, you know, you and we got we relegated, 20, and we got really we get a twenty goal striker, we get a, a a midfield player like Rice in. I don't think we will do too badly next season because there is a wealth of talent still there. Yeah, mm. there is a very good squad, as we've said before. Other than Man City, we we've probably got the second best squad in the Premier yeah. League. And as Sam said, that only needs two or three players to improve it. Yeah, I think so. J.K. Also, he's a he's a great manager. And the fact that he's made this team, players in this team that were written off, um, uh, play play out of their skins, like Rudiger, for example, who we we had we had decided was, we, needed to be sold off in the next transfer window. But can I just just throw in something that appeared on Twitter? Um, uh, would you have Hazard back? Oh, that's a really good point. I'd forgotten about that. Mm. Um, okay, I'll I'll have a stab at that one first. Um, in my view, Hazard is, is is not and will not be the player uh, that left us two, three years ago ever again. I think injuries have taken their toll. However, Didier Drogba came back to us. 
having you know us thought we'd seen the last of him with that amazing penalty kick in the in the in, in the alliance arena in munich um so i mean given how appalling you know it's been up front for us this season given that none of those players have managed to get anywhere near to lacing his boots in terms of a player who can turn the game i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back on the basis that he's not he's not first on the team sheet because i think those days are gone but he he might be able to do a job for us and he's clearly happier at chelsea than he ever would have been at real madrid so i'm i mean if you'd have asked me 3 or 4 weeks ago I'd have said, no, mate, we've moved on. You know, he's not the same player, yada, yada. And I think all of that might well still be true. But we've been so utterly shit up front that I'm thinking, well, he can't be any worse than what we've got. So it's a bit bit more complicated than that one was. Anyway, uh, Sam and then you, Mark. Uh, homecomings don't often pan out as, as, as well as, uh, as they hope. Um, I mean, Hazard, when he started in, that, um, in the semi-final uh, in the Champions League for Rale at Stamford Bridge, looked a, looked a shadow of the player that he was at, at Chelsea. Um, and he, it, was actually quite, he was, it was actually quite sad to see, almost. He was certainly casting a few shadows, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, it, how, much, how much would he cost? I mean, if, if Madrid want to... They're not going to want to cut their losses that drastically they don't have that much money so I mean they signed a boy so it could be worth 130 million I think their transfer fee was I mean if, if, if he's going to they're saying well we'll take 50 million for him or something I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not sure if well, take, if him that's, if that's take him on a loan take him on a loan a heavily subsidised loan then I'm not then I certainly wouldn't be averse to it I wouldn't I, I, I say but um, yeah I think personally I think that that, that, that race is run uh, Chelsea got his best years Quite clearly, but as you rightly said, Chidge, the, the injuries and, and the, the, the the kicking on his ankles have, uh, have taken their toll on on Hazard. And I just don't think him coming back would have the same impact as as what you did have when he uh, before he left. Yeah, Mark, Mark quickly, and then J.K. Uh, there's a romanticism in football, and I think part of me says yes, I would have him back. Um, get him fit, uh, definitely get him back on loan. If we get him fit, you know. I know it's a couple of years since he's left, but on the last 12 months of Pulisic, who I really like as a player, uh, I think getting a fit Eden Hazard back, he would give Pulisic a run for his money. So, yeah, I'd have him back. Well, at least he can beat a man. I'm like, yep. Pulisic and he, can and beat actually, in, in the Premier League, you know, if he's fit, he can scare the shit out of a few defenders just seeing him back in the Premier League. Yeah. Him coming off the bench when you need a yeah, goal. That's kind of what I was thinking, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JK? Yeah. I'd have him back in a, in a flash. I, I actually think that um, I don't think he's been treated well at Madrid. I think I've mentioned to you this before. I actually watched a few Madrid games that he was playing in. And uh, and far from being the uh, the great manager that he would in an environment that he would flourish, Sedan seemed to keep him very shackled, playing on the wing and um, almost Sarri-like, forcing him to play certain moves. And I think I don't think he's been happy there at all. And I think, uh, as was shown by his the joy at seeing all the Chelsea players on the pitch, which, of course, he was criticised for. And I think he'd love to be back at Chelsea. And I think you could you could get him fit. And I don't think he's um, I don't think it's as much to do with being injured. I think obviously he's been injured, but I think it's to do with his his um, his mental state and the fact that he's been forced to play a completely alien game. And I think he was hoping that he would be able to play in the free role that. Um, that he, that everybody gave him at Chelsea, even though he was he, he had to have a certain amount of discipline getting back. 
there's still the ability to get the ball and take people on. Not once did I see that. And not once, obviously, we didn't see it in the final. He didn't appear, appear to be playing a role that allowed him to get the ball to take people on. He was being a very, very rigid left or right-hand side of the uh, of the uh, 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 of the forward line. Mm. So I, I would be intrigued to see. I mean, it, you know, it, it would be a, a fairy tale to get him back. And you, 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 the board may be saying yes, it's passed. But alternatively, the board may be saying, well, if we can get him for, you know, for fifty million or something, it may be worth taking a punt here. Yeah, so, I mean, straight... know, it's also whether he has any marketing relevance with the club as well as an icon mm. who's played for the club before, as Drogba did. I mean, as you say, Drogba came back and he wasn't a disaster at all. He no. scored, a, scored a wonderful goal against Leicester. And Man U. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. And I think it's all about context, you know, and, and understanding. And I, I, I honestly, hand on heart, don't think he'll be the same player that he was that left. But I still think, I mean, he's only 30. I still think he could do a job for a couple of years, maybe. And, and why not? You know, he has got something that very few players have. It's just that ability to create something out of nothing. And a, a bare minimum, he's, he's a good enough footballer to be able to, to link the play in a way that, you know, we, we just don't seem able to. So there you go. Listen, one one person we didn't talk about here in terms of going, I mean, I, I should have added to the list that those that were definitely going out, but I should have added Giroud to that list. Um, and the other thing is 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 Tammy Abraham. Um, Sam, do you think Tammy will stay or go? I think he has, well, he's got, he's got suitors elsewhere. Um, West Ham are very interested. Um, I think... As I, I can't remember who it was earlier. I'm not sure if it was J.K. or Mark said that, or it might have been yourself actually. Choose that. I don't think Abraham suits the way that Thomas Tuchel wants to play. It was, um, I. It was, it was I. you. I knew. I knew there was. A, it was. You. I, I, I was. I was sure it was you. But I just wasn't sure. J.K. Sorry. Um, <laughs> or was it not? I, that? Um, I could say something as bright as that. I get it. Oh, of course. Of I course. have to say. I have to say at this juncture. <laughs> I have to say at this juncture. J.K. has been on fire tonight. An epic rant and the most reasoned I've reasoned and reasonable that I've seen him for months. And people have been saying this in Mixler all night. Even where, mate, I'm just going to read you this. Sorry, sorry, uh, Sam. I will come back. Crack to you. on, mate. Crack but, on. But this is this is such breaking news that I feel like the sky of the talk sport breaking news thing should be played. But Tony, even Tony Glover has been agreeing with you, mate. I'm applauding you, J.K. Applauding in caps. What is going on? The world has bloody ended, mate. That's for sure. Anyway, Sam, sorry, mate, to hijack that, but it was it was funny. No, no, uh, no problem at all. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know what, what what the future holds for for Abraham um, at, at Chelsea. I I do think if an offer came in um, for in the summer, then I think the club would take it. Um, we know that they're incredibly keen on, on finding another front man this summer. Um, so that no, arguably says a lot, doesn't it, really, about where, what, what Abraham's standing is with, with, with Tuchel in charge. So, And I can't see him wanting to be a backup and playing second fiddle to, to, uh, for another season. He's, lost his, he's arguably going to lose his place in the England squad uh, for the Euros. So it's, it's actually it's a big decision for, um, for, for Abraham himself, actually. Does he maybe go out on loan? I know Mark was talking about the club needs to sort their loans out on all those 33 players are on loan. But maybe Abraham having another season away it, I know he's had them already at Swansea and uh, Aston Villa, but he did, but he did really well. So Villa, that might Villa be another they, option for him. They, they, charm, they, they, they yeah, charm. they were. They were charming his name. Yeah, yeah. they'd love. They'd, they'd have him back there in a heartbeat if yeah, they could take him. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very interesting one. I I I I, I, I mean, the thing is, Mark, we 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 all know, don't we, that if Tammy 
gets sold, he'll score 20 goals for somebody in the Premier League, whether it's West Ham, Villa, Everton maybe, well, maybe not Everton with Calvert-Lewin, but there are clubs that would take him and would really benefit from him because we know he's got it in him. I, I, I don't think he's anywhere near being the finished article as a striker yet. I remember Pat Nevin saying at the Supporters Trust thing that he did that he needs to fill out and, and, and strikers are the kind of players they do need to fill out and sometimes it takes them a bit longer than others and I think he needs to. And I do think the problem that Tammy has over and above Tuchel's systemic issues are that he is not the the world-class elite striker that Chelsea need now. And being Chelsea, they just can't afford to wait. And I think that's really unfair and very sad for him. But I think that's where we are. But I, I sadly think he'll he'll have to go. And, I, and, I, and it really pains me to say that because I love him. I think he's great. No, I, I agree, Chidge. I, I think his race is run. Um, the, so, sorry to see Tammy go, but I think where where, where Chelsea want to be, um, I, it seems really harsh. But I don't I don't think Tammy you know might ever fill out. You know, you know I, I pick up you know, Pat's point. Um, I think the only sort of like possible cloud. You know, Get him you know, on my diet. He'll fill out. <laughs> yeah, the silver lining I was going to talk, talk about is that clearly. Yeah, he might want to stay in London, and if West Ham are interested, and if we are serious about Declan Rice, we could very much use Tammy as a negotiating tool, you know, as a swap deal with some extra money to cover Declan Rice. Unless, you know, we can throw in Emerson, or I think Alonso will go as well for sort of good measure. But I suspect Alonso will go back to Spain. So I think Tammy will go. I think sorry to see him go, um, but if if we use him as a lever to get Declan Rice, I think it's a price worth paying. Yeah, I don't think you can argue with that. Um... Right, um, we we should really move on actually, but I've got a couple of uh, usual plugs and then a a brilliant a brilliant announcement to make as well. Usual plugs to the Sports Trust. Um, always uh, it, it, vital that you, you you join up. I mean, there's so many things going on in football. It's a really important time, and, and supporters need to get their voices heard, and that's exactly what the Supporters Trust does. Uh, it's only five quid to be a voting member, which means you'll get a say on really important issues like the well, what happened with the European Super League, for example, recently, the ticket prices, kickoff times, all sorts of other issues as well. Uh, and they uh, they make sure you get your voice heard. And as a member, as I said, you can attend meetings, vote in the elections, put forward motions at the AGM, and you even get a shiny little Supporters Trust badge. If you haven't got one, then um, then uh, I think you I think the, the the email address is membership at chelseasupporterstrust.com but uh, you can get a little badge if you get one but if you want to sign up it's all on the website chelseasupporterstrust.com go there do not delay and uh, while you're thinking of things like that it's also a good time to go and buy a Chelsea pitch owner's share so if you want to own a bit of Chelsea then uh, that means by the way you get a share of the freehold of the stadium and that that means it protects it from being sold to any rapacious developer should uh, Roman ever sell the club and all that kind of malarkey. Um, shares are as cheap as 31 quid for an electronic share, but you can pay a couple hundred quid for a framed signed one, which is presented on the pitch and all price points in between. Just go to the Chelsea website and look for Chelsea pitch owners. And last, but by no means least, of great in, in, uh, interest to three out of four of the Chelsea fan cast tonight. Although... The invite is open to the professionals amongst us, Sam. But the Chelsea Fancast Premier Predictions League has finished. Now, as you probably know, I mean, poor old... crashed and burned. I know. Poor old Chiro, who is the loveliest, loveliest, sweetest bloke you will ever meet. I, I remember... I remember meeting him about this time last year in my favourite cafe shop, a very poncy artisan-type cafe shop, Jonathan, Jonathan would approve, uh, in Pimlico. 
in Cher, in Cherwell Street or something. And I and I had this lovely coffee or two and a lovely chat with him, really lovely boat. But anyway, poor old Chiro, uh, if he had any hair left, he would have lost the rest of it because the whole thing crashed and we lost the entire league season's results, which was a bit of a bummer. So we've had this kind of really weird uh, playoff, uh, which I've called the playoffs over the last two weeks. Jonathan, Jonathan, uh, you know, ast- astonished even me with his brilliance by managing to come bottom with minus 93 points in these last two games. Uh, I didn't do much better. I think I was sandwiched between uh, Tony Glover and Dane Whittle or something. Uh, Martin Wickham did best out of us lot. But, I mean, really, that's not the point because there's, you know, Chiro had enough um, information to establish who actually won our league and the main league. And I'm delighted to say that that uh, Joe Mingola won the Chelsea Fancast Premier League Predictions League uh, with 3,300 93 points, which is probably about double what I had, I think, at the last look. Uh, Joe's pretty much led for the whole season, so that's a huge, huge effort. He also came second in the entire competition. There's about 1,600 people who are involved in all these different leagues in it. As, and, of course, you automatically go into the main league too. He came second. Well, he's flying the flag for us. I mean, well done, Joe. Um, and also, a massive special shout-out to Freddie Carberg, our mate from Sweden, who won the prize for the best weekly score of the entire season. He got 372 points one season. So there you go. All in all, a very good show from the Chelsea Fancast. As I said, that cannot be said, or the same cannot be said for the Chelsea Fancasters themselves. So that was me, JK, Mark, Marco, Martin, Tony and Dane, I think, were uh, were the Fancasters that were involved. Uh, We were all basically quite rubbish. Um, I mean, Martin, I think, Martin Wickham, Uh, did the best out of all of us but it will return and I'm very hopeful that I can you know persuade a few people maybe like Kerry Dixon and uh, Jason Cundy maybe we get Spackers involved Mark which he'd be up for that wouldn't he yeah I'll I'll have a word yeah I'm sure I should be up for that well tell him tell him that Pat Pat I I meant to I forgot to ask Pat when I spoke to him today I've subsequently emailed him but he already takes part in this he's in one of the leagues probably the pro league but I think you can basically enter into any of the other mini leagues so you know we'll we'll get we'll get uh, we'll get uh, hopefully Pat Jason Canners Spackers Kerry be should, good, wouldn't it? On, on a completely separate thing, we should probably get them down for an end of season drink as well. Yeah. Well, invite them because you know we're having our do, aren't we? We are, we are. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, we should have an end of season drink and invite a few of them down. Well, it's yeah. going to be in July. That's that's, that's the plan. So yeah, we, right. we should we should do that. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I'm up for that. Um. So there you go. So well done, Kiro. Well done, everybody who took part. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try and let you all know as soon as possible. It's open to everyone. Matthew the American, it's, uh, it's open absolutely uh, to anybody anywhere in the world, from what I understand. I mean, Joe is from the States. Joe, Joe Mingola is from the States. So, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not closed off to you guys. It, it might mean if you win the manager of the month, you don't get the bottle of whiskey because Kiro can't be asked to send it over to America, which means I get it. But other than that, you know, it's open. I mean, Freddie's from Sweden. Joe's from the States. It's open to everybody. So, you know, I will let you all know uh, early enough so you can all join in because we've had we've had a huge amount of fun with it this year. So big up the Premier Predictions League. Big up Kiro. Big up everybody who took part. You've all done very well. Now, uh, after this very short break, we were going to... got What, JK? JK's got his hand up. I haven't had a great deal of fun with it. I've had a great deal <laughs> of humiliation with it. <laughs> Yeah, but if you'd have taken it more seriously, and don't think you didn't, because I noticed a couple of weeks you did, and you did rather well. Uh, that's true, that's true. But then the last few weeks, I put 1-1 for every game. 
<laughs> and you wonder why you don't do very well. I mean, come on, that is probably the most idiotic thing to do. You and I are both old enough to remember the football pools, which were predicated on you getting eight draws. The reason I got, I got eight draws yeah. once. I won. I won uh, fourteen pounds, seventeen shillings, and sixpence. Yeah. Well, the reason why it was eight draws is because it's virtually impossible for anybody in all four leagues to get eight draws in one week. So you know that was that was dull. Anyway, look, I'm going to move on before I spontaneously combust. Uh, Borussia Teeth FC has rightly figured this out. So Chid is urging more foreign participants so he has more chance of getting the whiskey. Rumbled. Yes. Absolutely rumbled. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly along, uh, we'll be back in a minute to read out some of your delightful emails. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge. Him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Uh, the lovely Mark Meehan. Hello. And the brilliant Sam Incasol from London. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. There we go. Um, I have to say, quick, very quickly, it's been really lovely having you and Adam on all season. It's got like your kind of debut debut season on the fan cast. It's been such a delight having you both on here. What a shame it's all been on Zoom. Mind you, the fact of the matter is it would always be on Zoom because I don't live in London anymore. But other than that, it's been brilliant. No, it's um, it's been a pleasure. And um, for me, it's also coming into the club, uh, covering them from January onwards. It's uh, it's been a, it, It's actually helped me learn about Chelsea more and how the, how the fans perceive perceive what's going on I suppose you'd say at the um, at, at the club so no it's actually been it's been really helpful for me and really insightful and uh, I say I can't I can't thank you enough for for, for all the all, all your help so far Brilliant. Well, how sad that you have to learn from us, really. That's all I can say to that. <laughs> Learning from the best, surely. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course, of course. Right, we've got some... Actually, we've got even better. These are the people to listen to, really, not our silly old farts. These are the people that send our emails in. JK, we, the first one is for... I think it was... Um, he sent this in last week. I picked up a couple from last week that we didn't have time to read. But the first one's from Michael Gibbon that I've spelt wrong because I'm an idiot. What is... It's not... It's... it's what is it? Michael... Michael... Uh... It could be Mikhail, couldn't it? Mikhail. Oh, I thought you meant you spelt Gibbon wrongly. Gibbon. No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I spelled Michael wrong because I'm a twat. Uh, okay. I thought he could have been Irish. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. No, M- M- Michael would have A-E-L, not E-A-L. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe, I don't know. Let's move on. Read the email. Okay. Michael Gibbon. Um, dear Chid, JK, and esteemed guest. Well, it's, it's Sam and Mark. Um, I'm not happy. Oh, in the past, when the men's team messed up a game or did something daft, I could at least look to the women's team and take heart in their all-conquering nature. And I watched the absolute capitulation at the hands of Barcelona. I just don't know how to think. In all honesty, this season has been a disaster piece. We sacked a club legend, abandoned the project that was beginning to emerge in favour of some instant success. Classic Chelsea. Fine, I thought. It's not ideal. I've seen it before and will be successful, no doubt, but it's not going to be as fun. Then I saw that arse gravy in the FA Cup <laughs> final. I have never seen, never in my life seen such a pathetic display from a Chelsea team, you know, except for the game against Arsenal three days earlier. Uh, and the, the Cup final against Arsenal, by the way, as well, when we weren't uh, up, to it, up for it. Um, our heads collectively dropped 
We had no fight. I don't mean the one last year. I mean the one previous one. Our heads collectively dropped. We had no fight in us. We were awful to a man. We can scapegoat Jorginho for a hospital pass back to the keeper. And maybe he should have used his eyes before using his feet. We can scapegoat Kepa for not saving a worldie. And maybe he should have. But that does not excuse the rest of the performance. Why can't we score? Why can't we make our dominance count? It's not just the players either. I know you say that Abraham doesn't fit the system, but what sane person has his team one goal down in a cup final and chooses not to bring on the top scorer for the last two seasons? Going back to the Arsenal game, Tuchel acknowledged they were sitting ever deeper. That's why he moved Mount deeper. But he decided to bring on a tricky winger rather than a World Cup winning target man. That's just bizarre, frankly. I like the creativity moving James to right centre-back and Dave to right wing-back. I definitely am a systems over individual kind of man, but it has to be within reason. We needed a goal and he made the conscious decision to choose either to bring them on too late or not at all. Moving on to the ladies, what on earth happened there? We can blame the ref for one or two dodgy calls, but again, there are 85 minutes of football that we completely messed up. This is the issue. We no longer seem to have the winning mentality we were so proud of in the past. We've lost four domestic finals in the last five seasons. We are the new late Wenger Arsenal. So we're starting to look like specialists in failure. I hope I'm wrong. I really, really, I do. But I'm calling it now. We will not make the top four. We will lose, exactly. We will lose the Champions League final. And next year, it will all happen again. The worst part of it all is that the players seem to have zero desire to play for the shirt. Going by the treatment of Frank Lampard and the Super Cup debacle, the club don't care about the fans. So why should I care about the team? As I said to my dear elderly mother, Chelsea have made a home in my head and I'm not getting rid of them any time soon. But I'm going to try as hard as possible to not get invested or excited. My apologies for this incredibly negative email. Have a lovely evening, Michael Gibbon. But Michael, you're basing all of this on the last four games. There was a period where we were playing wonderfully, when we beat Atletico, where we beat Porto, where we beat Madrid, where we were wonderful. It's just what, so I don't understand why this has thrown you into a, into a, a negative sickie here. I think I he, mean, wrote, he wrote this after the cup final. When we lost and he, that, and he, was, and he was down. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I, and I, 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 I funnily enough, again, I'm going to drop the old uh, usual bomb. I was talking to Pat about this, and I said that I was, I said it's interesting, isn't it? We're talking about the disconnection and all of that, and I, and I, and I was really grumpy after losing to Leicester in the cup final. It really hurt two in a row, and I, I, I mean, I think actually last week, if you remember, we we went into this a little bit more detail about our recent track record in finals, and I don't think it's quite as bad as people were like trying to paint it but the reality is we've lost the last two you know and and there is there is potentially something afoot but I think I think what I would say to Michael is this is that mate as JK was alluding to this is what it's all about Mark Meehan our favorite person in the world Mr Marco Worrell what does he say he says glorious unpredictability I think Mark's frozen, actually. So there we go. He's frozen in time. He's, he's still in part two. I don't know why. Somebody bang him on the head. But, you know, Marco, Marco, Marco coined the term glorious unpredictability. And it doesn't matter what team you support. It's, it's the same. One week you win, you're up like anything. The next week you lose, you're down. It's the normal rhythm of football. I think my, my advice is go with it. 
that's that's why we love it. It gets the juices flowing. It, it it's what it's all about. If you're not emotionally invested in it, then I don't see the point, you know. So don't worry, Michael. Have a pint of Guinness and then look forward to the next game. That would be my advice. So there you go, Sam. What well, you're nodding in agreement sagely there. Yeah, I mean it's it's easy to um, to, to latch on to what's happened in the last two games or the last four games in this case. Um, before that, I think, and obviously the cut, in the aftermath of the cup final. But yeah, it's um, you don't forget that Chelsea went what fourteen games unbeaten to start with under under Thomas Tuchel when he came in. Um, he's got them to the FA Cup final. Yes, it was disappointing. He's gone to the Champions League final. We'll see what happens. He's got them into the top four when they're floundering in tenth. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't quite give up on the give up on them just yet in an in, in an emotional sense. Yeah. I mean, having said all that, it's the hope that kills you anyway. Oh, always. <laughs> right. The next one is from our old mate Vinod Ayer, JK. He says. Hi all, trust you well. I don't remember a week like this when it comes to supporting our club. One where our hopes are raised to lofty heights and then when everything is laid out on a platter, it all comes crashing down. Yes, we have a storied history of unexpected victories and head-scratching defeats, but this feels different. I was extremely nervous before the second leg against Madrid. The reason was not that I believed Madrid was strong. It was because it was a game we could win comfortably. It was because... Oh, dear me, indigestion. It was because... Uh, it was because it was a game we could win comfortably and that we might end up bottling it. The reality is that Madrid were only strong on paper. In both legs, we were clearly stronger on the pitch. Therefore, the two defeats of last week make even less sense. That's Arsenal and the, and the cup final, by the way. The loss for... Oh, and plus possibly the women too. The loss for the women in the final, and congratulations to them for making that far, feels much more acceptable given the fact that Barcelona were clearly stronger and had decisions go their way. You cannot point the finger at our players or the coach. With the men, I wonder, could they have done anything differently? Tuchel came in at an odd time and has, for most part, been playing a game every three days. It's quite clear that he's got the players to perfect a particular formation and a tactical setup. The trouble with the Premier League is that every club goes into a game hoping to nick a point or three. We aren't in the noughties anymore. You cannot take the smaller teams for granted, as we found out against West Brom. Therefore, it does not take long for a particular system to be found out. Coaches who refuse to change their shape, tactics or philosophy find it hard to take their team to lofty heights in the Premier League. Mourinho, Sarri and Conte have all struggled. Top teams need to be able to manage the tempo. This is where this Chelsea team has struggled since Conte's second season. We're not able to manage the pace of a game. We don't seem to be able to find another gear if it is required. Tuchel said before the game that one cannot do much before important games. They can only provide short, specific instructions. How, uh, hopefully, now he realises he needs a plan B. Leicester closed down spaces behind the midfield. We had two decent chances in the first half that Werner wasted by taking a shot instead of playing another forward. Though we dominated the first half, and truth be told, most of the game, we only controlled the ball. We did precious little with it. There was this one instance when a winger had the ball on the left flank and was looking to dribble past the defender when Jorginho screamed for the ball. The player uh, complied only for Jorginho to pass the ball sideways. No, surely not. Um, yet another face palm moment indeed, Vinod. Tuchel has created a team to control the ball. We give away extremely few, few chances and this is reflected in the statistics. However, we are wasteful with our attacks and given the fatigue, chance creation has suffered in the recent past. So you need only one worldie or a freak goal to lose a game. It was clear by half-time that we aren't getting anywhere. Tuchel should have made a change at half-time. He did not. 
Even after we went a goal down, he only changed the players, but not the formation. It was only after 82 minutes he changed the system, and Leicester only had to hold out for 10 minutes, which they did. Congratulations to Leicester. Fourth place is still in our hands. Well, we've now got it, Vinod, and we have two winnable fixtures. Champions League can go both ways, though admittedly City have the edge. All said and done, this is still a good group. Tuchel seems too intelligent a manager not to learn from this, and I fully expect he will not start a second-choice goalkeeper in a cup final. Uh, however, a trophy would have gone a long way in building up confidence and cemented their place in history. I mean, what's the point of swagger without a winner's medal? What are we? Bielsa's leads? We are not. We are Chelsea. Up the Chelsea. Best regards, Vinod. I can say Mark's shaking his head vigorously to that. Vinod's one of our favourites. He writes really, really well, I think. That's oh, a good letter from Vinod. He's done letters on the, the, the show before. And again, I agree with them wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you you want you want to win. You know, you want to win things as a footballer. You know, getting into Champions League is great, and I know the club will be pleased to get Champions League. But you know, we blew we blew that cup final at Leicester. We made the changes too late. So very very frustrating afternoon a week ago at Wembley. Mm, it was indeed. I mean, it's very interesting, J.K. He's kind of alluding to that mentality issue that we were talking about. But I, I think. What what interested me about Vinod's email, he, he he was a bit more forensic with the with the systems and the formation and what what Tuchel's involvement was, which I thought was interesting. I don't think we he's he's inferring that we've um, implying I should say that we've been found out, and I don't think the system's been found out. I think we still play the great pace as even the forty minutes against Villa. It's as we've said, it's all down to the the precision of of putting the ball in the net, because then I I, I can't. We wouldn't be having these conversations if they'd put the ball away, get the two chances they had. He mentions the two chances. If they'd scored them, then that would be the end of that because yeah. our defence, we they wouldn't have been able to get back into the game. So I, 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 I don't, you know, I don't really see this as an argument. I think it's just it's completely down to not putting the ball in the net. I've got to say, Sam, um, um, God, this is a, a, a kind of a huge moment for the Chelsea fan cast. Both Tony Glover and me completely agreeing with J.K. on this point, completely. I'm applauding you, J.K. In fact, I'm totally applauding you, to quote Tony Glover. But, uh, yeah, Sam, I, I think really that's it. You know, we, we score... I mean, what, what I've seen recently is us battering teams early doors, but we don't score. And if you don't score, I mean, it's an old cliche in football, but you always leave yourselves vulnerable. And because we, even if we do score, we find it hard to score. I mean, I, I was saying in the WhatsApp group, wasn't I, on... on, uh, on, uh, on uh, uh, Sunday with my usual rosy optimism... Well, that's it then, because we've only scored we've only scored more than two goals under Tuchel once, and that was the four-one away to Palace. We don't score more than two goals. We are not winning this match, was the inference. But we put the put the ball in the net. It's a different story, isn't it? It's a simple game, isn't it? Really, yeah. I mean, if you if you stick the ball away, and then and then you invariably win it because Chelsea's defensive resolve under Tuchel has been fantastic, apart from that obvious aberration against against West Brom when uh, when they went down to ten men. Um, yeah, I don't. I certainly don't think Chelsea have been found out um, under under Tuchel yet, um, because there are there can be some slight tactical tweaks that he makes in game that might. Yes, it's still a it's still a five man defence, but it, I know it, I believe the word will be fluid, um, and and that's what Chelsea do have. It's not completely rigid um, uh, in terms of players having their set positions, and that's where they must be at all times. Um, so yeah. It's, 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 I certainly don't think they've been found out, but, I'll be, but I still, but I still will be surprised if we see that formation again, again next season, because I think as as we've said before, he's working with the players that he's inherited, and he's managed to get the best out of them uh, from what he's 
from the very little time he's had to work with them in three games and the three put the obviously two or three games in a week sometimes. So yeah, it's certainly not being certainly not being found out. But I say I'll, I'll be I think a bit a bit there'll be a bit more tactical flexibility uh, next season once he's been able to really imprint his uh, his ideas on them. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I concur. Right, we've got an email here from Alex Greer. Uh, who we heard from recently it says Chidge and no, all. No, no, it's from Mark Edwards. Have I, have I missed one? Yeah, me. Oh, I so I have. Thank you, J.K. I turned the page over stupidly and uh, missed it. Apologies, mate. I don't need to read it if you don't want me. To. No, no, I do want you to read it. I just. Like, Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, this is from Mark Edwards. Uh, a year ago, I'd never heard of you guys. Now you're essential listening twice a week at bedtime. Oh, smiley face. Although you know nothing of me, you've come to feel like family with all the humour, conflict, shared celebration, misery and emotion that comes with that. Oh, OK. Um, a, lot, a lot of misery. Yeah, of misery, yes. I break into smiles often, sometimes laugh out loud, which can alarm my wife next to me in bed. I listen on headphones. The show is... is I'm not laughing at her. I listen, the show is always warm, fun and interesting. And you have great guests. Good to hear some knowledgeable sports journos. Well, hey, Sam. Uh, not a slight on you two in any way. No, we can take it. We can take the slight. We can take it, Mark. We can take it. I particularly enjoyed the travelling blades. Such a shame they got relegated for that reason alone. This has been such an extraordinary season. It's been real fun going through it, you guys. Love Tommy to cool. I uh, so hope our owner and board um, treat him well and he stays for a long time. But Roman would have to change the habits of a lifetime. And we all know there's never a dull moment at Chelsea. I'm actually taking blood pressure meds. I didn't choose an easy team to support. Being born a mile and a half from Stamford Bridge, it was never going to be anyone else. Got my first Chelsea kit for Christmas, aged four. As a result of listening to the show, I've also joined the Chelsea Supporters Trust. I've just sent off my application for a share to the CPO. Bravo. Hopefully signed by N'Golo. Who else? I even entered football prizes for shirts signed by John Terry and Costa. I didn't win, and I'm never bloody doing that again. Fair enough. <laughs> so as I write this, it's all to win or lose for this glorious club. Glad to be living it with you two. I don't know if my heart can stand it again. Best wishes and regard to you both, Marco. Oh, lovely, mate. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a great email, that. And, uh, I mean, Mark, fantastic. I mean, well well done on, on, on signing up for the Trust and getting a CPO share. And the thought that we had a little bit to do with that uh, fills my heart with joy. Um, but uh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I'm glad you found us, mate. And uh, hopefully, when things get back to normal next season, we can uh, see you in the in the in the cock for a pint, if you see what I mean. Um, and there we go. I can't I can't be held responsible for not winning football prizes. Sam's laughing. It's the pub we drink in the cock tavern, mate. Honestly, your filthy mind. You uh, journalist. Child, child, childish, I know. Child. Bloody tabloid journalist. You're all the same. I don't know. Sorry, sorry. But there you go. It's all. I, you know. Look. You know. Jonathan and I. Are, well, I was gonna. I was gonna. How can you be so bad that you laugh at your own jokes before you've even said them? But I was about to say. Jonathan and I are sucker for a cock gag. <laughs> Maybe that's the wrong thing to say. <laughs> oh dear. Sorry, Mark. It's all descended into the usual farce that is the Chelsea fan cars. It's really lovely to hear from you. 
I hope, uh, as I said, when things get back to normal, we can enjoy a pint of Guinness with you in our favourite pub. Is that better, everybody? Yes, okay, thank you. Right, uh, next one is for me, isn't it? It's like Christmas, isn't it? I've got the next present to open. How delightful. Right, this is from Alex Greer. Now, he says, Chidge and all, thank you for reading my email out a few weeks ago. I'm the angry American who dropped the C word. Well, we we now call that the Gareth, Alex, because uh, your mate Jonathan Kidd did exactly the same Quite un- unexpectedly, it shocked us all at the time. But as he was referring to Jorginho, we allowed it. So uh, don't don't feel too bad on yourself. But anyway, he's the angry American who dropped the C word while buying a CPO share, and I and, and said I had nothing more elegant to say. <laughs> That's I do remember. It was brilliant. My apologies. The drink got the best of me. I do want to add something though. I didn't become Chelsea because of Drogba, but I got my wife into football because of him. In 2017, he came to Phoenix to play out the twilight of his career. I remember that. I just, in fact, um, our mate. Uh, Chris, Chris, the crystal, uh, crystal balls, as we call him, Chris Bird, uh, met him at the airport and got got his shirt signed. Had a wonderful picture of him as well. But there you go. Anyway, he came to Phoenix to play out the twilight of his career. I just wanted to see the legend play once. My expectation of second division play in the U- U.S. was very low. Instead, it's blossomed into our continued support for Phoenix Rising FC and my wife's love of the beautiful game and many amazing friendships attached is us on our wedding day after I found out we beat Man City. Uh, and Alex has sent us a lot. I don't know if you can see this, boys. He sent a lovely photograph of him and his beautiful wife. Um, and he's holding up three fingers like that, which is clearly meaning that we, we beat City by three. So there you go. Well done, Alex. Great to hear from you, mate. JK. It's not Alex, the next one. It's Angelko. Well, I'm going to let you try and pronounce that one because I can't. Strabivsky. Angel. Angelko Shrubbsky. We'll just call him Angel. We'll just call him Angel. We'll just call him Angel. Angelko Shrubbsky. We'll just call him Angel. I'm a lifelong Chelsea fan that frequently had been attending games prior to the pandemic. I now find myself after a proper place to watch the Champions League final. I used to frequent the Chelsea pensioner before. Obviously, that's all booked up now. I really would love to spend the day with oh, fellow yeah. Chelsea fans. I was hoping you can point me in the right direction. Let me know if there are any places that gatherings might be happening. Keep the blue flag flying high, Angel. Well, it's yes. not Angel. No, you don't know. Um, uh, well, no. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not not sure. I mean, I've not. I have no idea uh, where he's from, to be honest. But uh, maybe he can enlighten us, enlighten us on that next time. I mean, it's a real. It's a bit of. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult, Angel, because um, as a, a lot of people have been writing in uh, about this, uh, saying where can we all meet up for a drink with like-minded Chelsea supporters for the night of the Champions League final, and. Uh, you know, sadly, uh, I haven't been in London for over a year. So to say that I'm out of touch with the boozers up there, in terms of where to go, where to go, would be a huge understatement. Um, I'm, I, I'm not surprised that the Chelsea pensioner is already booked up. That, that's no surprise at all. But Mark, Mark, I know he's got his finger on the pulse. But I would imagine, I know where you boys have gone, but that would have been booked up ages ago. And I think it's a bit of a problem, isn't it? Most places that will be showing it in the Stamford Bridge area will already be booked up. Yeah, and and I think under the bridge was um, was showing the game, and I think even for forty pound, I think they've sold out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, and obviously Angel doesn't say where whereabouts in uh, London. We assume is London. He, he he actually lives. Yeah. So so again, you know, 
Well, I'm watching the game at Wheelstone on Saturday night. So if he's anywhere sort of like around Rice Way, uh, I know Wheelstone FC's social club is open. So, you know, they're not selling tickets. So you probably get in and watch it there. But I think you'll just have to look online because I think all of the pubs at Chelsea will probably be sort of full houses. Yeah. And again, going to the Leicester game last week, there's less pubs there now. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's the other thing. You know, but when we go back next season, there'll be less pubs to drink in, which is a real tragedy. Well, that's been on the cards for a while, hasn't it? And I think COVID's certainly put paid to a lot of them, which will be very tragic, I'm afraid. But uh, but there you go. So I'm sorry, we're not much help there, Angel. Um, you know, I, if he if if he goes on Matchpoint, Matchpoint.co.uk, that will they show. Um, they'll it will tell you where they're showing the Champions League final. There might be some knocking around on there that might still have some tables potentially still available. There's probably some around Euston Euston area that might be uh, that I've been I've I've frequented a couple of times. Um, that may well be still having some uh, so, so have some spaces left if that's of any help. You mean that yeah, app, that's the that, one. that app there that I have there? Yeah, that that, that 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 very app that you have there, Chidi. The very app that I have there served me well What's in the past. What's Ma- it called? Match Pint. Match Pint. It's an app. Okay, it tells you the nearest pub to you and what sport it's showing at any particular time. So there you go. I mean, I always used to go to this brilliant place uh, in Pimlico when, when you know, if I if I wasn't at the away match and it was on telly, um, then I would go to this place called Riley's Bar. There's quite a few of them. They're like a theme kind of sneaker and darts thing. And uh, I used to go in there and uh, watch it on my own with lots of people around, obviously. But I used to growl if anybody came too near me as I sat there nursing my pint of Guinness. I was very much the, the image of an old grumpy man. Uh, particularly when we lost. What used to amuse me about that was that I used to sit and I could see across the road and the road across me was called Cundy Street, which always used to amuse me. Cundy Street. Was it named after the great man? I don't know. I should ask him, shouldn't I? Anyway, we digress. Right, dear people. It's interesting to find out what a Cundy actually is. Well, John, uh, John Hollins told me once, but it, it was very much more, I think he he took it to, to be the more Gareth meaning of the word. Oh, did he? Okay, I was thinking actually legitimately whether you know what the meaning was because it should mean something. Now, Johnny Cundy. Hollins used to call Cundy that at the time when he was that managing. Cundy. Yes, okay. I yeah, believe. Okay. Yeah, in the Oxford English Dictionary, a Cundy is a drain or a drain entrance, <laughs> <laughs> a tunnel or a passage. <laughs> We need to tell him this. That is it for tonight. What a great fun show it's been. And this is the weird thing, you know, even when we lose, we have a great show. You can't say fairer than that. You, I mean, you might disagree, of course, you poor buggers who have to listen to it. But we've enjoyed it, that's for sure. And frankly, that's all that matters. Uh, anyway, uh, that, I'm afraid, genuinely is uh, all we've got time for um, this week. Uh, well, not this week. This uh, uh, We've got one more show, as I'm about to tell you. Because, well, <laughs> me, JK, and possibly Dan Silver, and possibly Sam Incasol, and if not two subs, uh, will return this Friday for the last preview show of the season. Um, I say with assorted guests, but I have it. I have a deal already with the lovely David Walker, who's from Red But Never Red. So I can get it right when he's not on the show. And then when he's on the show, I go I go better red than red and embarrass myself. But David Walker, the lovely Man City fan who we've quite warmed to this season, will make his third appearance on the show. Uh, and we'll obviously be previewing Saturday evening's Champions League final against Man City. Now, as it's bank holiday weekend this weekend, 
We will not be back on Monday to review the Champions League final. We will be, in fact, back on Tuesday at 7pm, where JK, myself and the housewife's choice, Mr Clayton Beerman, uh, will be joined from London's Adam Newson. So there we go. So that'll be either joyous or funereal. Uh, hopefully the former, not the latter. Uh, of course, uh, I'm not sure if he's doing any more this season. I'd better, better phone him and find out. But if he is, check out Dean Mears's Went to Mo King's Meadow podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team. Uh, they, they've done brilliantly this season. I'm really, really proud of them. They're, they're putting out ever increasingly better quality shows every week. They're really, really good. Um, now, a very quick shout out to our lovely Patreon people. You've been astonishing this season, I have to say. The support that you've given to the show has been nothing short of tremendous. Uh, and a few, uh, there's, a, there's about 20 of you that have been waiting for about six months for Kerry Dixon banners. I can tell you that I'm going to ship about 20 out next week. I've got a week off, so I'll actually have time to go down to the bloody post office. So I'll get them out, and I'm waiting for another shipment to arrive. So the remainder of you who have joined in the last two or three months will get theirs then. But massive, massive thank you. You really do help uh, keep the show trugging along with your donations, which uh, you can make any, it doesn't matter, you know, as much or as little as you like. There's no limits, no tears or anything like that. Just, just if you feel we're worth it, then bung in a few quid every month and that'd be great. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Obviously, you get automatic access to our Discord group, which is ridiculous amounts of fun all week, every day. They're all going at it every day. They're brilliant in the Discord group. Uh, we're in there as well occasionally. And, of course, you get a mini Kerry Dixon. No, not just not a mini Kerry Dixon, a mini Kerry Dixon banner. There you go. Talking of which, I spoke to Kerry today. He's very well, sends his best to everybody. So, uh, yeah, mini Kerry Dixon banner and a Discord group member immediately. So there you go. Now, uh, finally, in the post, in off the post even, if you want your emails read out, send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com. But make sure it's on a Sunday. If you send them in on a Monday, it's too late because I would have done the script by then. Uh, and, of course, you can always get in touch with us via Patreon or Instagram or just tweet uh, or on the Discord group, of course, if you're a member. Uh, so it's really easy to get hold of us. Right, there we go. Uh, Sam, always an absolute delight to have you on the show. Now... Uh, good luck this weekend. You're going to Porto, fingers crossed. You're going to be at a Champions League final for Chelsea. Um, have great fun there. Enjoy it, and uh, don't come back if we don't win. Oh, oh if, you, if you have to, if I have to stay out there, then so be it. <laughs> well, no, Porto is uh, <laughs> a very nice place. So I'm very. I actually, I've, ne- I've, I've never been. I've never been. And, uh, well, yeah, I mean, the chance to cover a Champions League final doesn't come up very often in my career so uh, very much fingers crossed that, that we'll get to go out there but as always thank you very much for, for having me on it's, uh, it's, all, it's always good fun and uh, thanks to JK and Mark as well yeah, it's brilliant to see you, mate. And uh, don't worry, this is Chelsea. You'll get a chance in a year or two. Don't worry about that. It's not we- it's not West Ham you're covering, mate. We, we, <laughs> we, we get there, you know, we get there quite a lot. But no, brilliant. I mean, really enjoy it, mate. You know, really enjoy it because I mean, I've been there once as a supporter, and there's, no- I mean, nothing will ever come close to that night in Munich for me. Uh, sadly, I couldn't go to Moscow, which was in a, in a in a funny sense quite equivalent to the the malarkey to get out for this one but there you go uh brilliant to see you sam anyway thank you for tonight uh mark always a delight to see you no thank you very much cheers uh thanks sam thanks jk cracking show tonight a couple of quick shout outs because i'm sure we'll be listening tonight our good friend john parkinson his other team Morecambe, have got through to wembley against forest green and having watched the forest green cracking semi-final last night that should be a great game at wembley Congratulations to Sutton United for pissing off all the former league clubs by getting into the football league. You know, so we were, we were sort of 
message on Twitter. We'll probably pop down to Sutton United at some stage next season just, just to say hello. Say hello to Borna Trotter. Uh, absolutely. Say hello to Tots and the pros down at Sutton. Uh, and then finally, you know, uh, a safe journey to everyone going out to Portugal mm. this week. You know, your PCR test permitting. T- Sam, have a top trip. And clearly, hope, you know, not hopefully, definitely, you know, when Werner scores the winning goal on Saturday night, we're thinking of you having a great time, you know, in Porto celebrating. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mates going out. Sadly, Mark and I are not going to be amongst them, but... Uh, we'll hold a fort here, Chich. Yeah, you know, it's. It, it, I mean... <laughs> You know, I hate it, but I've been there before. Mo- Moscow was a bridge too far for me, and, and, and this one has been too. But, you know, there are 6,000 of us who are going out there. I love every single one of them, and I wish them all luck. And as I said, I hope they, they roar us roar us home. And one of them, of course, will be the legend that is Sir, the, the Lord Sir Jonathan Kidd, who will be in Porto next Saturday and will be, uh, I think I think the youngsters call it, doing content for us. Am I right? Well, I'll, I'll attempt to get the odd uh, opinion here and there, and I might even try and... Uh, I'm going to give you totally free reign. You've got free directorial reign to do whatever you want. How about that? Nobody ever gets that on this show. How do, I play, how do I play the pictures on this show, though, Chief? Well, you don't have to do pictures. Just just get a bit of audio. OK, we we'll can always take the audio off the pictures, can't we? I want to take a few pictures as well. Don't do whatever you like, mate. Just knock yourself out. But I can't wait for you to come back and tell us all about it. I can't wait, yes, yes. you it know, will, to, to hear what you have to say. Absolutely, it will be joyous. You're our, Guys, you're our, you're our emissary out there, mate. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you get the chance, do the Port Museum as well. You know, that, that's a nice way to spend a couple of hours. Come back over the bridge uh, and then you have a drink down at the port. It's, it's a lovely city, Porto. Port Museum, okay, good Port stuff. Museum, it's worth, worth doing for a couple of hours, especially if you like a glass of port. Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, should yeah. try try and hook up. Well, well, we'll talk to him about this on Friday, but maybe you you can you can because I know what a a, a lovely uh, man you are, full of bonhomie for the opposition. You might uh, go and have a share a glass of Porto with uh, with David Walker. <coughs> that's Maybe. a no, then, is it? Who's, who's David Walker? He's the chap from Red but Never Red. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you listen to what I say? Clearly not. Yes, but, yes, I, was but... Out the, I see what you mean. Sorry. Do you know for a second then I thought we were playing Porto? <laughs> <laughs> I thought David Walker doesn't play for Porto. Who does he play for? He's like, yeah, no, but, you know, I got into the world of... I suddenly thought I was at Lisbon. I remember going to Lisbon to watch Chelsea. Mm. And I suddenly thought, oh, yeah, Lisbon, that's right. Yeah, of course, we're playing Man City. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yes, David Walker. Yes, I'll send him a... See if I can send him a tweet. Well, he's, can... he's, on, he's on the show on Friday. We talked to him. Well, I'll ask him. I'll ask him. We'll ask him. See if we can meet up. Yeah. Breaking, breaking, breaking news. I have uh, just got confirmed. My, my accreditation has just been confirmed for Porto. So... Well done. Fantastic. <laughs> so I will be going. Well, providing I pass my PCR test tomorrow. I'm sure you will. Well, look, good luck, everybody. Um, anybody who's listening to the show who's going out there, really enjoy it. Uh, remember, poor people like me and Mark who can't go and enjoy it twice as much for us as well. Um, we'll obviously have our preview show talking all about it on uh, Friday, previewing it. So look forward to that. Uh, but anyway, all you lot, lovely people in Mixler, as always, delightful to have you join us. Uh, really enjoyed doing it tonight. And we look forward to seeing you again later in the week. Now, thank you for listening. See you next Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the, the Chelsea!